0: Hi, it's Dave Victor, a.k.a. Dulcet Dave I just wanted to offer my congratulations on your 200th show but above all, to say thank you you have been the voice of the faithful in the club's darkest days, you shared the supporters' joy when our club was rescued by people who care and understand from being hit for six at Bromley to lifting the title at home to Braintree, you were there you enabled supporters to share their sorrow and disbelief at the tragic loss of Justin Edinburgh, as well as celebrating late night's return to the football league achieved thanks to his incredible leadership the past 200 episodes you've always been positive objective and above all true orient supporters you have captured those special qualities that make our club stand out from the rest humor family friendship thank you for your hard work and dedication congratulations on achieving a remarkable milestone i'm looking forward to hearing the next 200 shows
1: Welcome to the Orient Outlook Podcast, sponsored by AJF Plastering, with myself, Stephen Nussbaum, and for the 200th time, my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy the one and only, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you
2: very much for the 200th time. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 200, a milestone I thought we'd never see, but delighted that we have, and before we introduce our special guest for this week, just want to thank my south stand chum, my lifelong friend and all-round great guy, Mr. Steve Nussbaum, for encouraging me to be involved in this in the first place. And as I was saying to you, uh, Martin, before we came on, how this all came about, it wouldn't have come about if it wasn't for you. So uh, your determination and tenacity to put this show together uh, is unrivalled. So our first ever interview was with an orient hero of mine, Mr. Matthew Lockwood. Um, they say never meet your heroes, <laughs> uh, in most cases that's probably true because you'll end up disappointed, but of Matt Lockwood, I'm delighted to have met him and I remember sitting in that dining room and watching him, used to, watched him walk up the, the driveway to, to come knock on the door and it was our first ever interview and we were a little bit nervous, I think this is probably a bit of an understatement. I think the phrase is bricking it. Bricking <laughs> it, yeah. He was like, what if it goes wrong? What? Like We've never done it before. Uh, absolute legend he was, really nice guy um, And we've built up a good back catalogue of mm. interviews That are still available to listen to There's Scott McLeish, Kev Lisby, Matt Baldry, Jay Simpson Dean oh. Cox, Moses, Russell, Vincelo, oh. Sammy Moore You name them, we've done them We've pretty much done them Even the previous CEO of Leighton Orient under oh, yeah. that regime came on to the uh, Came onto the show as well but that's enough of the past, we're looking at the future now. So we are joined by two very special people this week, one of whom is making their Orient Outlook podcast in-person debuts. You were on the phone with us once, I think, just not long after the takeover, possibly. He's our promotion-winning director of football, former player and promotion-winning manager. Welcome, Martin Lee. Welcome. Also joining us, video creator extraordinaire, who happens to be the late Orient media manager. And back on the show for a second time, welcome Mr Elliot Byrne. Welcome back. Thank you. So, Thank you very much for coming on. I guess let's get cracking. What are your thoughts
1: on the season so far? Let's begin with, with you, Martin. Yeah,
2: I mean, the thoughts of the season
3: uh, overall uh, is slight disappointment. Uh, it's, you know, it's been... The start of the season was a bit surreal for obvious reason with, uh, with Justin... Uh, passing uh, during the summer uh, just to get to the first game uh, was a was a minor miracle in my head uh, and for the for the people that were in and around it and uh, you know the football sort of faded into meaning not as much as it used to obviously uh, and then you know Ross you know, Ross had, Ross had a, a good, obviously won the first game then went for a little bit of a lull and then we, we picked up again uh, and then but you know, the the you sort of look at it. You think we went up the euphoria of going up. What 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 did we expect this season? It was about you know being solid within the division, uh, maybe having a tip towards the playoffs. Uh, that's you know pre Justin Passing. When Justin Passing did that change? It? Yeah, it did. I think in my head it it it, it, it was just about. Being solid, let's get a solid season under our belt. Let's get back and used to League 2 football. I think we've got a team that can compete. I really do. Uh, I feel that when we're playing to our best, we are a mid-table team. That's that's my feel. Uh, we're in a bit of a rut at the moment. But overall, it's uh, slightly disappointing because I think we're in a larger position than where I expect us to finish. And there's still plenty of time for that to change. But... Uh, I would say that for me I sort of bracket the league into three groups of eight top eight middle eight and bottom eight I expected us to be in that middle eight Uh, we're not at this moment I'm in that bottom eight so I want us to get out of that bottom eight and into that middle eight as
1: soon as we possibly can and then see where it takes us Great answer that was obviously a difficult
4: summer Um, your thoughts on on the season so far? I think Martin used a very good word Um, I think it's just been surreal to be honest um, it you know for 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 a multitude of reasons, um, but it's been a good learning experience. I suppose for, for me, as it, particularly in my role, um, I've had a lot of different things that I've I've been able to experience this season. So um, I'm sure I, I, I can only echo what Martin said about in terms of I'm sure it's not um, we'd all have liked to have been a little bit better on the pitch. Um, but but I I you know really enjoy working with everyone at the club and um, yeah I'm, yeah it's been a bit of a surreal year to be honest.
2: So I think it would be a little bit remiss of us not to use this opportunity to speak about what what you know what's gone. It's been a, obviously a challenging month for us um, on and off the pitch. Um, but thoughts on Carl, we didn't obviously get enough time to get to know him and his interviews from our perspective. You know, it, it's out there to listen to. Uh, Questionable, possibly, I'd I'd say from, from from a fan experience perspective.
4: It it would be worth pointing out from my point of view, um, just to sort of add an element of balance in terms of the discussions with about Carl Fletcher, was that his desire to improve his you know, interviews, um, the amount of work that we we put together to, uh, both me and him in the the three weeks that we had. Um, I was really impressed in terms of how much he wanted to work on that. Um, we obviously didn't get get as far, you know, as we would like in that regard. And I think I think over time we would have seen a lot, of, you know, real development in those interviews. So I think if you look, take a look from his first interview to his third or fourth, the, the eye contact became a lot better. There, there were definitely elements that were improving on, and you know, before we talk about. Anything else relating to car? I thought it would be worth pointing out that he was he he had a real drive and um, and a real desire to you know to improve that side of his, that side of himself. So he knew that was something that he wasn't very strong at. Yeah, and um, he did, and he um, and from my point of view, I valued that he wanted to work with me. He would ask my opinion on how I felt his interviews would go. We formulated a plan behind the scenes uh, that linked to how he worked with uh, worked with the players to um, to develop an approach to how he would go through interviews going forward. Um, They mainly focused on um, well, it focused on a little bits of everything, body language, how um, trying to show a bit more um, of the passion that he was definitely feeling um and kind of bring that out a bit more i think um it, one of the things he said to me when we were working on it was that when he had first started doing interviews as a manager um the culture of managerial interviews at the time was more about not really saying much at all um but that's developed even over just six years uh, that, that's changed i think people see through that now and they want to they want to see a bit more honesty from a manager and a bit more openness, mm. and he was very he was aware of that. He had recognised that, um, but was we were learning how to actually uh, bring that out of him a bit more. Um, but to his credit, he was he genuinely had recognised that it was an issue, uh, not through, not through what he'd seen on social media or anything. He he didn't look any any of that at all. Um, we obviously you know. He had recognised that in himself and how he's in his own performance, and he wanted to work on that. And um, from my point of view with Carl, my relationship with Carl was, uh, um, I, I really, I, I thought fair play to him.
3: Yeah, and from you know the the process of of, of finding Carl, you know, was done thoroughly, uh, was done to, you know, the ninth degree. We we, we you know. We did everything that we would do to get the right person, and when we appointed Carl, let's be straight, we thought we had the right person. Now, when that didn't materialise, uh, there was no one more disappointed than me. You know, as I, as I always say, when there's plaudits to go around the football side of things, and and, and I'm included in them plaudits, uh, i.e. promotion, mm-hmm. and. The, you know, everyone tells me how well I've done, or I'm part of something that went really well. I'm happy to take them plaudits. I don't really feel that I need I need them. Uh, but also, as well as plaudits, I'll always take criticism. And the appointment of Carl Fletcher is a football appointment. I'm director of football. I don't take sole responsibility, but I take the most responsibility. Because at the end of the day, they... The board wouldn't fetch somebody into the club that I didn't want to fetch in. So, am I, am I a big influencer on that decision? Of course I am. So, I take responsibility for that. But, you know, it, it, it was the Nigel talked about the culture. We're very, we're very open culture, we're very inclusive culture. You know, it, we're very, every from Nigel doesn't want to be called chairman, Kent doesn't want to be called Mr. Teague. It's about this, you know, the, the the culture that we've built over 20, the twenty nine months I think it is now, is is about all inclusive and, and, and we work on the, the pushback, you know, and the if the if the kit man, you know, if the groundsman's got something to say, they're more than happy to fetch it to me and, and they can say it, and everyone will be heard. But I think the thing I think as a manager, you need to empower people. Uh, you need to you need to. Empower the people that that at the training ground. You need to empower the people that work uh, both below you and also the people that are above you. If you like, you've, got, you've got to empower and you've got to manage upwards as well. And unfortunately for Carl, never, that never worked. You know, it, it, it. I don't know if it was... We talked to before the show. I don't know. Pressures are... Uh, you know, pressures are... Uh, an unbelievable thing with, and it makes you do strange and, and different things because the 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 Carl Fletcher that that, that we had for twenty eight days wasn't the Carl Fletcher that I interviewed and the, that Matt Paul interviewed and in the that sense. Was, In in the sense that we talked about everything that I just talked about. Yeah. And he understood what we talked about. Okay. And and he, he was he he, he had buy into what we talked about. Okay. So, so the inclusion, so, the openness, yeah, yeah, the togetherness. Yeah we talked all about this. We talked about what the strengths of the people that are in the club, you know, the, the Ross Ember and the Danny Danny Webb, uh, the Jamie McNoughs, the you know the Elliot Burns, or, you know, the strengths of everyone within the club and what they did, and how they did it. Uh, but you never ever empowered them people to use their strengths. So uh, again, I I believe that Carl, I know that Carl Fletcher is a, a, a really top guy. A really top guy, and, and, and the hardest thing after twenty-eight days is to go and tell, like, tell someone face to face that he ain't no longer got the job. I don't enjoy doing that because you'd have to be a sadist to enjoy doing that. And uh, he, yeah, he just and it just did, it didn't fit. You know, I, I keep saying it, and people say, you know, but as you know, it just didn't work. You know, there's there's a chemistry uh, wherever you whatever you do. There's a chemistry and. and you know, I know you might talk about this later in the show, that there's this rumour that there's a, a mafia, a mini-mafia, the Martin Ling Mafia, I must imagine. It's quite a good name back sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Martin Ling comes in, and, 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 and if they don't sing to my tune, uh, and, you know, Ross, who I know very well, Danny Webber, I've got to know very well, Joe, they're all my disciples, and if that person don't fit, I'll get rid of them. That is the biggest <laughs> level of I've ever heard. It, because the thing is, it. Really, <coughs> Martin, Ling, the mafia man, doesn't want to be over the training ground. If I'm totally honest, Martin Ling likes to pop into the training ground on a Monday morning and on a Friday morning. And if the sun's shining, I'll have a little walk outside. And if the sun's not shining, I won't walk outside. And, and if you've it, got steps to do, yeah, well. steps to do my <laughs> ten thousand steps. But you know, if you speak to if you speak to the people, unique uh, insights. If you speak to the people with Steve Davis, Justin about I'm not. You know, I'm not interested in, in, what, in what goes on that. Of course I'm interested in what goes on in the training ground, and I go and have a look at what's going on in the training ground, but I'm not interested in being on the training ground. I can trust that. I've got People think that the football is the biggest element, the first-team football is the biggest element of my job, but people don't understand the other elements. And I am just saying this, because Nigel says it all the time, is the college programmes, academy... You know, you, you go. You can go on the overseas camps. You know, the, my job is not about just the first team. My job is to run the business side of the football. So that's a bigger umbrella than people get to. If that first bit's not working, does that make the other side of it the, you know, development camps and and and, the, uh, and you know everything that we do is easier when this bit's going right. So selling things for the commercial, everything, I don't sell things for the commercial, but it makes things easier for the commercial side of it. So for me, the football is the most important. I want the football to go well. I do not run, rule with a rod of iron. The word I use for people is empower. And I empower people to be the best they can. So when I empower people, that's my job to empower people, they do the job well, makes my life easier. And that's what I try and do, so by empowering, don't control, don't dictate, don't tell people who to play, how to play, I don't never even have a conversation about the team, even with Ross Edwin. I do not have a conversation with him, he doesn't run the team through me. Nor did anybody else that's ever been in this football club, and I'm not interested in what the team's going to be, and who the subs are going to be. Signing players, I have a say in, because I work very closely with Steve Foster on the scouting side of things, so... I don't think that we are a difficult club to work with in. I think, I think it's a very, very, very good club to come and work in and we let people do their job. How we see Carl doing his job, or thought he was going to do his job, he didn't do it that way and it didn't fit with what we're doing. Nothing to do with me, in terms of the Mafia, but to do with the club as a club. It didn't fit for this football club. Hence, Carl moves on and we are where we are today.
4: I think we're a... A club, a club with the ethos of almost collaboration. Yes. We work together. Um, everyone, as you said, everyone's sort of viewpoints are, are taken into account. And I, I, I would echo the sentiment that I don't think this is a difficult club to to to, to join. And we've had a number of, I mean, taken away even the new players that have come in and integrated very very well, and come into an environment that that was during a very difficult time as well and um, you know in sort of the month after justin um, sadly passed away and so the fact that they've integrated as well as they have i think you know a, a real a real um real credit to the club but even even on the you know the coaching staff of things we've had uh, new members of the football and staff come in uh, Mike cooper our new fitness coaches came in came in during the summer you know he, he didn't he hadn't had a real uh, working relationship with Justin before, so it wasn't like he had the same sort of same viewpoints although he obviously met justin before it was uh, you know he'd been part of the um process of bringing him in um but he, i'm sure he would feel that this this club is is almost like a second family to him i i, I think the 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 tight knitness of of our of our squad and our and our staff whether that's Coaching staff, office staff. I think's a positive thing rather than any hindrance to anyone.
2: So it's not difficult for someone to come in and integrate in that. It's not like a close, close knit that actually it form. It's it, It's not that close knit. Just to clear this up, it's not that close knit that it seems clicky. That there's little groups here and it, like you've got to really be something special to break into that circle.
4: Yeah, I think yeah. I think the the be all and end all for everyone at this football club is that when the manager is successful, we're all successful. M- my job becomes easier when the manager does well. Uh, the coaching staff look better when the manager's doing well. There's, there is no one at this football club who has any benefit if a manager fails. Mm. So there is, no, there is no reward for someone wanting the manager to fail. So when Carl came in, Everyone wanted to to succeed, and everyone did everything that they could to help him succeed. Um, but you've got to you've got to you know you've got to as much as the coaching staff and the players have got to buy into the manager. He's got to buy into them, and if he doesn't do that, or if any new person doesn't do that, then it's not going to be so successful.
3: Think of it: if you look at a a bike chain. Seriously, it's because I have to make a reference to something that's nothing to do with all <laughs> And there's links in the bike chain, normally they're all the same size, but we lost the biggest link. Yeah, you know, you lost Justin, you lost that link there that, that is probably irreplaceable in terms of what he was and how he did things. But the people, the, the, you know, we've all got that that chain will not go around if it's one of the links doesn't work with the rest of the links. But the biggest link has to make the rest of the links work. Now, I see that I'm a big link within that chain, but maybe a little bit above the chain in terms of where the link is. But I have to make sure that everything in them links work. A lot of my messages, would, you know, me and Justin, I suppose we were lucky that we knew each other from previous, but it was you know, it was a thirty-year gap between when we mm. knew each other and we knew each other. We wasn't best of friends for thirty years, but we knew each other, and we could talk to each other openly about anything that was going on. And he might run something through me, and I might well run something through Justin. Now that you know that partnership, obviously, was broken when you know, when when uh, when Justin passed away. Ross, we felt that Ross would come in and give us a steady pair of hands, uh, you know, steer the ship. Through very choppy waters at the time, because no one really know the choppy waters that we had underneath us. None of us had been through it before, because we didn't really. You know, normally you can go. I've been in. I've been in the game. I don't know. Well, I've been. 16, <laughs> 37 years, thirty-eight years, thirty-nine years. No, thirty-seven years. And every most things that I've come, I've come. Across, you know, whether it was a plane, so a player comes to me and I go back to my memory bank and somewhere in there, there's something that I did do in them 37 years that I can I can reach out to and give him my the value of my experience. But I never had no one die in that 37 years that was so in, in integral to what you had. So I had to a lot of my stuff I did and other people did. Was from our guts because we never know. We had no memories and no, 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 you know, nothing to go reach back out to. So you had to go from your gut and and and, and feel like you did it the best you could. Ross did it for the period, say, and, and, and it sort of built. It built us a little bit. The, the water seemed to just steadied a little bit. So we thought we fetch somebody in that now could drive the ship through steadier waters. Unfortunately, the skipper that we put to drive the ship didn't do it the way we all thought he was going to. But not not the way I wanted him to, or anybody else who wanted him to. The way he thought, the way we thought he was going to do, including in interview what he was saying to us. So that's what I'm trying to say. So So
2: he sold it to you an interview that he would do X, Y, and Z, and got into into the job. Yes, yeah. yeah. uh, trust me it ain't a difficult job to come into
3: you know, if, if, if we off went, the back of three wins yeah, well, uh? if, if we, if we, all we're talking about is, is the, the start football start of, uh, and football people are very similar to wherever you've been so if you're going to walk into one you know, I think I had six dressing rooms when I was a player in terms of different dressing rooms, but walking into one, within a week, it was like walking into any dressing room, and it's the same as a manager, in a sense, a football club that had the differences, but the, the, the football language is tends to be the same, but what you've got to do is embrace, I think that's the thing with it, you've got to embrace what's good, and make it better, and then everyone's on the winner, including you, but if you, don't embrace what, what, we, what he, what we all think is good, including, you've got to remember, there's 28 players that are being led by Carl at this stage. And if they're not embracing and buying into what's coming out, it's a very, very, very lonely place because people then are not doing what you think they should do. But as I say, pressures are, you know, pressures, pressures are difficult situation. When you're managing with pressure... And you don't, you know, I did it for 10 years, and you know, I, I, I've struggled because people say, oh, it's you, a brilliant life, you're a football manager, and it, it is, but it's eye pressured, and, and it's something that you can't just put away every night. It sort of sticks with you all the time, and, 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 and you know, so embrace from him, empower from him would be two things where it didn't happen.
2: Fair? He tried Fair. to be too controlling over things and they ended up being his demise. Yeah, I think really that... Between the lines. But some of that would be, I think, doing
3: it for his own mind. So a, a coaching session that was was deemed to be an hour and a half uh, would last maybe a little bit longer because it didn't come out... Football's not played on a piece of paper.
5: Yeah.
3: It's played, played on grass and uh, grass and white lines. and uh, Yeah, it, it just didn't. It didn't fix the people that needed empowering. Didn't feel empowered, both coaching staff and players. And when let's get it straight. When the decision or when the when it was muted about not being the right person, the, the thing was said to me, let's do some more investigation. It wasn't. Well, you've flagged it up. Let's get rid. It's let's go and do some more investigation. And when I did my investigations. From whatever angle I investigated, it was all the same sound, and that's why I can't win. Okay.
1: Reading's that what you like? Okay. So I guess going forward, then, what's <laughs> what, what's the plan? At the moment, we have Ross Embleton. <coughs> yeah, the plan. The plan's simple.
3: Ross will uh, take us moving <coughs> forward. My ideal plan would be that Ross takes it at least till the end of the season because that means he's been successful. Uh, and that means as a club, we can then decide, or and also Ross can decide in a, in, a, in a moment of clarity at the end of the season that whether he wants to be a number one or number two. Uh, does he, I think, yeah, he's never going to say, I want this job. But what I would say now, from, and I'm speaking for him a little bit here, I suppose, is that he wants that job more than he wanted it previously, and he feels he can do that job more than he did previously, even though it ain't that much, period. Uh, and what I see is someone... I wouldn't go down this line if I didn't think it was someone that could do it. I do think he can do it, but he's got to live with it in his head. He's
2: got to be comfortable in his skin to he's do it. It's not good me...
3: It's got to be Ross Everton that wants the job. Yeah. You know, It's not got to be me, Nigel, Kent, telling him we want him to have the job. So we've just said to him, you do the job. Like, if, let's be honest, it, we all know it's going to be re- result relevant. Yeah, of course. If Ross does, if we start picking up some results off the back of where we are at the moment, mm. it'll be left alone and Ross will run to the end of the season. If Ross starts to have some not-so-good results and there's a period... Where he's he's not comfortable, we're not comfortable, it's pointed to me saying that Ross everyone got going to end of the season or that Ross was trying to two and a half year contracts, but to on interval it's relevant on results it's relevant on results. I think the better results we have, the more comfortable Ross will be with it. it says enough uh, and so yeah it's it's not a short term plan we're back to where we were we're back to Ross running it, you know he had. Not so good. Then his last three results was ten points, and I thought everyone had jumped, jumped <coughs> in the ship. We've got scammed but I thought was going at home. Russell with them both. It ain't happened like that. Mm. It's what it is. It's about managing. Does he empower people? Yes. Massively. Yes. You know, massively. They, they do the do the first thing first. Do the players want to have it? Yes. You know what I mean? That's a big thing. Of course it is. Because yeah. so you go over there and you, the players, his, his coaching skills are second to none. You know, he's been doing it since the age of 16, he's now 37, so he's been doing it a a long, long time. I started coaching when I was 30, so I've been doing coaching 23 years. He's been coaching as long as me, nearly, but he started at 16, and when you're 16 you learn quicker than when you're 30. Fair enough. So people talk about not having a playing background, but he was coaching at 16, he was coaching kids in the community at 16, I see him work at 16, he was at absolutely outstanding as a 16 year old kid coaching kids and then once I got the opportunity to move him across to my department over into the youth he brought me, brought me across from the community into the football club as my youth coach I did it as quickly as I could he was only 20 I think so he's been coaching all his life no problem with his man management no problem with uh, empowering people no no problem with the media very very good with the media amazing yeah he's got everything that you need to have apart from the bit that he's got to believe he wants it and doesn't it, he, he wants to be he is a coach he's got to empower people to coach as well So, but he does do that with Danny and he does do that with Ross uh, John uh, Joey so I saw a, I saw he fits a, a th- lot fits a lot of brackets
4: <laughs> I saw a tweet today um uh, um, I think it was Chaz Hawks on Twitter said that he had been coaching um, wow. one of the t- a young uh, young kids' team, and they played up against um, Ross's son's team, uh, Ollie's team, today. And um, Ross had recognised him as an Orient fan, went over and spent ten minutes with him. And then I saw another tweet where Ross had been um, at a pub with an, another Orient fan. I think my my point to that is I think everyone that interacts with Ross it's so apparent how much interest he shows in people how much value he shows in people and he he makes he makes people feel special and imagine being in that environment where he does that all the time being you know him being that person um, from nine to five not necessarily that football works that way but in terms of he, he does that on a daily basis on an hourly basis with people mm. um, even in his role as assistant coach, you know, not necessarily even a, in, a, in, a, in a head coach basis, but even as an uh, assistant coach, that's, that's how he lives his life, and um, I think everyone loves Ross. Yeah, and when you
3: think about it, when they sing the song, uh, or they used to sing the song about Josh Kamara where he's one of our own, Ross Emberton is literally one of our own. He's like an orange supporter. Go, mm. you, there's the evidence there with mm. him. How uh, was he in that orange shirt? Eight,
4: nine? Uh, eight, nine, yeah.
3: <laughs> you know what I mean so he, he he's, he's like the boy off the terrace terraces
2: that's now
4: managing that's now
3: managing his dream football club but but he has the same empathy and feel as the supporters because he is a late like, and supporter so when, when and that's sometimes the are bit because if you're that like you intent on doing you know you want the result because you're the manager but when you're a supporter and the manager he's 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 feel for the club is is, is is the same as the support. It hurts him when, when we lose. It, it hurts us all when we lose, but it hurts him and it's true. You know, some people make out that they're so called supporters of football clubs and then they go and buy their football clubs and that type of thing. I'm not naming names here, but the, the but this is genuine. This is this is, he, he was an already supporter you know, mm-hmm. I I would like to say I've been here fifteen years and when I was six, seven I used to come to Layton Orin, but it's lies because I'm a West Ham supporter, ooh, people know ooh, that, <laughs> I can't <laughs> help out. it, get out. get out, exactly, but that's, that's true, yeah. you, know, it ain't, you know, it's not with me hiding that fact, because I was, you know, I was brought up in Custom House, and, and I was a West Ham supporter, and I wasn't a late and orange supporter, Ross is, am I, yeah, but I've had 15 years, and most of my 15 years here, he's been here, when I was a player, he was a young coach, he was a released under 16 as well. He got released as a as a player because he had no pace. It, uh, and the truth of me, if you see Ross he's a very 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 good footballer.
4: He ran really quickly to the crowd that Mansfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a quick a bad place, decision. <laughs> bad decision.
3: But you know, he is literally one of your own that's come out of the terrace, when worked in the community, come across as youth coach. It's gone away for a little bit. Come back, and now he's managing the club. He said, you know, when I when I speak to his mum and dad Stephen works at the club as well they're Mm -hmm. like it's like they can't believe it that it's actually their boy managing this club Mm -hmm. so it's it's a a boiled dream fulfilled fulfilled
1: but let's see where it takes us be interesting very interesting to see how that goes so just to clarify then as it stands we're not inviting applicants for the job. You're not actively looking for anyone to come in. No, I'm going job. to
3: flick something quickly now.
1: Flick away. Flick away. That's all the people that have been <laughs> <laughs> I knew what he was
2: going to do as well. Oh, I wasn't on the
1: board So then. what
3: I'm trying to say to you is that that, that, that no, we've not asked for people to apply, but- You've had applications, because yeah, that's standard, isn't it? Yeah, standard. Right, and, and, uh, because, standard two. You know Yeah, and when we lose on a Saturday, we get more calls on a Monday for agents, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, have you ch-? and all I said at the moment is that we're we're not looking. We're gonna go with our current setup. Doesn't stop people sending, and it's right. it doesn't stop me. I've got a file in my in my uh, laptop in my Outlook. <laughs>
6: And it's, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. It's and, and it's probably set the file up uh, <laughs> and it yeah. says
3: possible coaches so if I get emails about coaches right, what do them. I just pop them in there and when I'm a little bored sometimes I go through them and I think oh it wouldn't be so bad if we go along you know what I mean so <laughs> it's quite a nice game yeah. to play I hope I never have to open that that uh, box is that the right word Yeah, outlocked outlocked, yeah. box yeah. And, and, and pull someone out but if I need to the same names as well though, that come up last time I've I think the, well, now when you collect cards as a kid yeah, I've got, yeah. got a lot of doubles that's, that's
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the perennial unemployed yeah. um, were you surprised in the application process of who did apply were you thought oh I didn't expect you to apply in a good way I mean obviously there's obviously the golden nuggets of so people this, that yeah. you don't want to give the job to but it's weird who that, shall that, remain nameless for professional yeah practices. it's weird sorry, isn't it uh, the, the level of applicant
3: wasn't very strong why do you think that is? It wasn't nowhere near as strong as when we took Justin. That's right. the best way to put it. I think some of that would be to do with the month that we took him. We took Justin in November. Yeah. We tried to get... We took Cole in October. So the second season it hadn't really started. Yeah. Get that. And it works like a domino effect. Right. Okay. So once you start the domino effect, you get more people that are available. Uh, it was it was strongish, but it wasn't... I've been sitting there with Matt Paul and and, and and I've still got another file of my outlook one which says 1819 19 applicant so whenever Justin got a job 1718 applicant so you, I don't ever chuck the file away because you never know when you're going to yeah, go back to it if I pulled the 1718 file out it was stronger than the 1819 file uh, there's a couple of different ones that have come on it this time uh, but yeah it's it's a, lovely, it's a lovely little book that I hope I never lose walking down to the local train station. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: definitely don't want to be losing that. So obviously, this is your first time on the podcast and you've kind of alluded to it before, but what, what is a day like for Martin? And the same to you I was after Martin finishes his question. Because I think people just think that you sit there yeah, I know, drinking coffee,
2: yeah, and like, strolling out on the, on the yeah. uh, training ground when it's nice and sunny. So the thing is with my job is that
3: <coughs> sitting here today at 9 seven minutes past nine. I do not know what tomorrow entails, which is quite exciting. Mm. Uh, so I will go to the training ground. It's, it's weird, isn't it? I go to the training ground on a Monday morning and a Friday morning. Go, if I go to the training ground, I normally, meet, uh, I normally get there three 11 o'clock, so it's really early. But um, <laughs> so I don't leave the ground till seven at night, so it's to do with the traffic. Yeah. So i get there at 11 o'clock. If the sun's shining, I'll have a walk outside. If the sun's not shining, I'll sit down with Joe Austin, the video analysis, and I will do through my emails. Blah, 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 blah. But when people see me, they feel they have to they have to say something to me, yeah. and normally it's something that I've got to sort out. So if I go there, Keaton Patel's the worst out of <laughs> all the physio. I see if every time I see you, you have to say something. Oh, I call him. I want. He wants something. <laughs> oh, I think we need another one of these machines. I want the so. Yeah, I don't never know what my day, day tells. And most of my time uh, is spent at the, at the, actually at the, at the stadium, but I do do uh, all day, well Monday morning up to about 2 o'clock. I normally look 11 to 2 on a Monday and 11 to 2 on a Friday. I'm at the training ground, so 6 hours there. but. It's, you know, over, it's everything. You know, if I just give you a list, I don't really know what I do. It feels like sometimes I do, I do too much and then sometimes I get a period where I'm, I feel like, of oh, course, this is the easiest job in the world. Right. But a, there's a lot of uh, managing up. So obviously my owners living in Boston and, uh, and Dallas, so I have a lot of time uh, where I speak to them. You know, we have uh, a call. I have two calls with Nigel a week. Uh, that's to stop. I, I learned that very quickly with Barry Earn. So, I used to have 10 o'clock every night, Barry used to phone me, and it might be one minute uh, or five minutes, or maybe half hour. But at 10 o'clock every, every day, he would phone me. He did that for five years, and that was so things didn't build up. Yeah. So, I said to Nigel at the start, You need to put a couple of calls in. Yeah. So, at least it normally goes down this line. Nigel goes, I've got a list. And then he goes through his list, and then I'll have a, maybe a couple of things that I want to talk about. It's it, you know, it's it's so the actual running and the, and and the and the and the the stuff that goes on is is quite quite in depth that people don't really get. But I love it. It's the best job I've ever had. You know, it, it, I, because I love managing people. I think I I'm good at empowering people to do the best they can, and. uh... I quite like sorting problems. I love I love Excel. And Excel spreadsheet perfectly done looks like four four two to me nowadays. <laughs> wow, anyway, it is, That's the sound snippet. That's amazing. It is. Yeah, you know, obviously. Forty I'm minutes con- con- and
2: thirty seven yeah. seconds. <laughs> control, <laughs> control the bad bu- marketing. Control
3: the budgets is, is is like whether that's overseas stock camps, colleges. You know, the first team, the academy. You know, it's it, it's there's plenty to be done. Trust me, it's not as easy as it looks on the team.
1: I can imagine. Trust me. I can imagine. <laughs> Elliot, what's your kind of working week like? Is it more
4: well, structured <laughs> <laughs> no. Um nothing? <yeah>, cheers, mate. <laughs> um, I think I think anyone who works in football would say a similar sort of thing um, in terms of. Because of the nature of football, it's very hard to plan your day, and your two days and never look the same. Um, when I get in the morning, and I have a little document I've sort of set up for myself, um, which kind of has uh, a task list, um, an article list, and a sort of social media list. My my task list is usually the longest one, um, whether it's um, you know managing press relationships or just getting content out to people um, whatnot it's it, that's kind of the more priority urgent one and then I try and work out what need what we can do to create content wise um, across our platforms to support that if it's a program week my, my weeks a lot busier um, because there's obviously certain deadlines that go towards that um, whether it's creating the content ourselves or getting content from other people and then getting it to our designers and then to our printers by certain times usually late to the printing. so I'm sorry to our printers <laughs> I don't think they're you know? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's a, and then, and then uh, with the nature of football that what happens will happen and we'll, um, we'll deal with it and react as best as we can um, should certain things um, you know, arise I think that's the best
3: part it's the best part of the job is that you like sitting here today I don't really know what I'm going into tomorrow now recently it's only been bad stuff well two big bad stuff so you know getting rid of coal was bad and big but nowhere as bad as losing justice you know now when when I got that phone call in Boston and I'm out with my assistant manager no yeah assistant manager at the time and two other players, which was Joe, and which was uh, Craig Clay. Ray Clay and Josh Coulson. Yeah. And I get a phone call from Kerry to say <coughs> that Justice brain dead and they're gonna turn the machine off. And will you please not tell anybody? Now I'm just gonna walk along the street and I've got going to go into a restaurant with them people sitting in that restaurant. And I went into that restaurant and didn't say nothing. And then went home that night. Woke up early. Well, didn't sleep. If I wanted to, but when I woke up, I just phoned Kerry up and said, "Kerry, I've got to move. Please let me move this upwards with uh, Nigel." And then she started talking you know, about flicking the switch, and and she, certain people still hadn't seen him, and and and, and then I felt like I had to say what she asked me an opinion. I give her an opinion, and, and and you know, people don't. You know, it makes me feel cold saying it. How did? How did? I cope and people cope. I cope because of my my previous illness, if I'm honest with you. Yeah. It just yeah. teaches me how to cope. So I think that being having depression and, and the illness I had helped me cope with that. Because
2: the yeah, mechanism Yeah, the right. mechanism
3: kicks in and all of yeah. a sudden I, I went into survival mode of, of I couldn't didn't tell no one. Then I told Nigel. And then I told Richard, Rich Emmett, as I was staying at his house. And then we had to go through a process of telling Ross individually which was like, wow and then telling Josh and Craig Clay individually, and then me leading the conference, getting all the players from all over the world to phone into a number that I'm now talking to tell them that they're you know, so People don't get that. I'm not asking for sympathy, but I'm just trying to say in terms of don't quite know what to expect, but the the one thing I'm I nothing's ever going to be as bad as that again. I'm just going to say that never. Yeah, that's the no, worst never, that's be for you. Yeah, never, mm-hmm. never. And, and when you're leading and, and and you do that, and I, you know, I lost my father-in-law on the Thursday as well. My wife's dad died on the Thursday, and Justin passed on the Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, there's a bit of me, and what I know is there's a lot of me that's got guilt around my wife in terms of I didn't give her the support that I probably should have because I was overpowered by this. So I didn't give her, you know, a, a dad, you know, a dad was a close, you know, I've known Caroline since I was 17 and he and became like a second dad, but I didn't, you know, even in my head, I, I know I didn't give him the respect I should have done because... I was in the middle of a of a tornado, you know, mm. trying to manage what was going on and where. We, and people, you know, none of us knew the answers. Nigel and Kent were brilliant. I mean, of what Elliot did, I remember seeing the website and and, and that type of stuff. That, but I remember speaking to Elliot after and I said, "How did you do it?" He said, "I just went into mode of I want this right for Justin." I th- I think, Go on, Neil.
4: Yeah, it just I think much like yourself, it just went into survival mode. Yeah. If you if. If you want, I think we. When I got told on the Saturday, um, it our original plan that we. Uh, m- I was with in uh, a hotel in Newport with Danny MacLean because um, it was the National League Awards oh, night. Um, Justin was supposed to win manager or did win manager of the year, um, and so Danny told me about t- one o'clock. Um, that, that that Justin was going to um, his machine was going to be turned off, and we I sat down with danny and we we went straight into kind of work mode if you mm. will to try and get what all the all the pieces that we needed of the jigsaw that we needed to get in there um, ready and um worked with Matt Porter and obviously uh, the rest of the board to try and formulate our plan on how we were going to um, deal with it from a a, a a media point of view um we were aware of the the significance of it, um, not only on a personal sense, but just as a cultural sense within the the football world. And, um, so the initial plan was actually, um, we were going to announce his passing and then we were going to go silent on social media for, for, for several days. I think it was until the Tuesday was Mm. the initial plan. And then we were going to, um, slowly come back online and we, um, Announced the plan, and then um, so we timed it. We timed the announcement. Um, so six fifty, the announcement. We timed it exactly when, at the end of the phone call, where Martin told the players. Um, mainly because we wanted it to be keep on top of it. Um, so we announced it. Um, had just probably the most surreal evening of my life. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and and to be, there are a few people I probably want to. Chat in terms of the, the press um, I think there was um, a mistake made on the Daily Mail website which is, uh, re- received a lot of criticism at the time and that was justified but on the whole press were absolutely yeah. fantastic it's worth noting um, that Sky Sports had the entire story yeah. from about 10 minutes after Justin had, uh, c- had Perhaps, collapsed yeah. because uh, someone in the, in the room had, had worked for Sky and they held it. They did. They held it for the entire week. They had uh, some really, from a from a, uh, their point of view, some really valuable information that no one else had about a really relevant news story. And they held it all week. And uh, that's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and the oh, press. Nice. And, 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 the press. Plus, yeah. Yeah. and the press. Yeah. And so I want to say the press were incredible. We expected my phone to blow up. It, it yeah. really didn't, other than just people trying to... Um, speak to me uh, on a personal level. Mm. They were really respectful, um, but but from there on, it just felt it. We just did what what we felt right. I think we got sent a few pictures um, from the ground that evening, and it didn't feel right. It didn't. It felt right that we should acknowledge it, mm. and then um, I travelled down from Newport to to the stadium on the Sunday. Um, which was yeah, a completely bizarre day, mm. um, and we obviously had the uh, a number of the players come down, and we had a number of the press there, and um, against we Jovi was superb as you'd expect. Um, he went and did a press interview, which kind of, which meant that we we had given them enough that they could then leave us alone for a little bit. Um, and then they just kind of respectfully filmed the sort of the, the fans leaving memorials and stuff. And um yeah, it was just by that time it felt it felt that well, what we had to do was all the posts was because we felt they were right and um and there was some incredible stuff that was getting posted out and the incredible stuff in terms of things that had been left at the memorial service, the, the tributes that other people had been making. Mm-hmm different clubs yeah, the different Sending clubs were fans. super yeah. I
3: mean it's funny how you, how you sort of reach so we we sort of looked at it and thought right who's who, who's been you know who's been through it yeah. and the one we come to was Liverpool with Oulier, Gerald Ullier Gilder, didn't we and Man United we've with Alex Ferguson so, so we got to speak to both them people and said how did you run with it mm. how did you do it And then, but when we did it we got a message back from both of them, didn't we? when We yeah. were done and said how oh, well we had done it as a club, but we reached out to them
4: for some guidance. We really, yeah. thinking, you know, it was be fruitless. And it wasn't death, was it? At the time, no. Was this it? was when it was a an illness, yeah. um, and, and 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 that was the the problem. The week leading up to it, is I don't think we any of us truly realised how serious it was. No, I. I tentatively tried to return to normal servicing on the Friday mm. because we wanted to try and get back to normal because we weren't sure how long um, the situation was going to go on for, which, we, which probably wasn't right at the time, but it felt right. Mm. Um, but yeah, the other clubs were superb um, and they they were very helpful. And then obviously when it became apparent it was a death we were talking about, it was obviously Leicester was c uh, the obvious um, yeah, for club the gym, to look at, um, which was, I think, when when I did the video, um, they were kind of the clubs I was basing it off. Leicester were um, because of how the, I'd seen them handle of course, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, the 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 chairman's uh, so yeah. passing. Um, and and don't get it wrong, that was that was for me more than anyone else. That was uh, that was how. Whereas some people had written things to, uh, in tribute to Justin, that was how I was, it, it was very cathartic to me mm. to try and show visually what I, I felt Justin was like mm. and what I, I saw in the man. And so that, that was, uh, it, it wasn't for anyone else, it was for me to try and process how I was thinking at the time and how I was feeling and, and what the loss that we'd, we were feeling. See, so the thing is with this all of this
3: is is we start talking in this podcast about blah, 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 and we've ended up talking about Justin, and that's what happens. You know it happens a lot uh, because you'd be sitting you, you and we respect Justin, and uh, and you know we will do everything right and proper by Kerry. Charlie and Sydney, who are very close to us, and come to come to the games that show that we're very close, and they're very part, part of us. But you, you sit in the coach's room, and and, and you know, and, and then it'd be oh, I remember Justin did this, or we go and watch fight. We always used to watch Friday. But I used to love Friday nights away. I, by the oh. time I get amongst the, amongst the lads, talk so on the coach. When we when we go there and we always always watch a game of football and just you now the game where if the ball went out, you had to have a drop of your drink. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a non-drinker, but to watch to watch the togetherness <laughs> uh, uh, from uh, like the, all the all the players, you know, not the players. They the were players not playing back, that man. game. It's been... no, I was <laughs> say. It was just about the, I was say, yeah. <laughs> all the staff. all the staff, including you know Emma, uh, who's uh, at site It was, it, but he had. Yeah, you know, the 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 bent and 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 the, and and the and it was just magic to to feel a part of. So he he is going to pop up. He's going to pop into like it just pops in our head there from a question, and then it, and, and I'm not ashamed of, of of him popping up. No. Now, Absolutely Would no. that be too hard for someone to come into? Was that hard? You know, was that hard for Carl? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was too early. Maybe I don't know. but it really, it so you can't just ignore it. It's
4: think, there. I think, and I think. It, I, from a personal sense, anyway, I, I think I am constantly surprised. I think because I, I've been fairly open with my feelings yeah. about it. And, and obviously because I work so closely in, location-wise mm. uh, to Martin, mm. let alone sort of just on a, how we work together. Yeah. Um, so there, there's been a very open environment about it and about our feelings. Um, but we, I remember not long ago, only about a month or so ago, and we did um, some interviews for with some of the players for the uh, the gala dinner with um, a company that the JE Free Foundation had hired. And when I say hi, they're, do, they're doing it for free, which mm-hmm. is yeah. incredible. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it's S-Camp Solutions, yeah, just yeah, to yeah, give yeah. them a little bit of a um, shout-out. Shout um, and a they interviewed and a bunch probably. of the players. And there were a few of the players that hadn't spoken to the press before. Um, we We obviously had the Joshes, the, the Jobys, the, you know, all those people that have done it and they're very good at it and, um, and they've, they've gone through it and there were a, bit, a few of them that hadn't actually necessarily sat down and talked about Justin like that and what all the sort of the memories I had. And I remember seeing a, f- a number of them just break down. Mm. And I think, I think my point of this is that we are moving forward as a club, mm-hmm. we're very open with our feelings and emotions and stuff but it's it's not something that is easily able to move forward from it's with t- the club as a whole and everyone in it is taking it step by step by step by step and there is still some recovery elements to go we're getting there we are we're definitely getting there and where we've come from, how we how we've come from to where we are now is is miles apart yeah um but, but there's still there's still little hurdles that we have to get over before we're completely there and I don't, yeah. We're
2: getting okay. there. No, and there's no thing for a grieving process. There's no time span. There's no right or wrong way. It's just one of those things that would just have to be. You know, the power of time will yeah. will help people get through it. Yeah, so, definitely. so we're an hour in, uh, and we haven't even got onto sponsorship yet. So, from our perspective, <laughs> this is like, this is like we're only on the first part. So, I, I just to
1: say the longest podcast we've ever done is two hours fifty. Oh, I like right, that. Straight up, up, which is yeah. um,
2: it was Kenya. No. no, it was Ross and Matt no, right. So just just to just to sort of round up where we've sort of where we've been and we've we've spoken about Carl. He wasn't the right sort of fit. Um, empowerment, um, openness, trustworthy. That all that uh, trust, openness, transparency. All those sort of coming together with the good things uh, that that were perhaps slightly lacking there. And from a new manager perspective, moving forwards, we're not inviting applications. Ross's got it for as long as he wants it. It's ostensibly, but will be reviewed. Come the end of the season, yeah. I think it's a,
3: a, a best way to describe, describe it. it's an ongoing review, yeah. You fine. know, it's ongoing. It, it's, it, it, I don't want to put a uh, um, you can say caretaker slowly, or you can say caretaker quickly, or, or interim quite slowly, or interim quickly. So, uh, at the moment, I think it's interim slowly, and we'll just see where it develops. And, and I think it will run its natural course, whatever way the end result. Pans mm-hmm. out, it will run a course. We ain't over, we ain't gonna over egg it if, it if it doesn't fit right again, mm-hmm. and we ain't gonna under egg it if we feel like it's fitting right. Let maybe because maybe we, well, we could have done, couldn't we? Let's be honest mm-hmm. about it. If we'd have just left it, it would have been a better process than we've gone through. The only thing that, that, that may may help in some respect, just with something Ross said to me, is that, that, that it may be, he said it may be, because he felt that. He was, Justin's name's going to come up again, unfortunately, but not unfortunately, but for, he felt that he was doing it because he felt he had to for Justin. He felt that he, and, and, and I think, uh, yeah, and remember yeah. he yeah. came to me and he said to me, I've just tried to give a, a Churchillian speech in there, like Justin used to, because Justin was very good, boom, yeah. and he was at it, and, I said Ross, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. You've I'll got to be, be yourself. Else. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Be yourself. And I think this is this period of, of, of what we've just gone through, even though it's painful, will allow him and make it being himself
1: easier. Yeah. And so it so, so works. Right? Yeah it does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you mentioned them. I'll mention them now. Our sponsors are AJF Plastering. They're an essex based plastering and rendering company. They cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work. They specialize in silicone color render systems. And as you all know by now, the best part is that they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. I was told to tell you that, Martin, yeah, I've just had, a, I just had a
3: new kitchen done, but the plastering's been done, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> never mind. If
1: you have any decoration done, then he's your man. Next okay. time, Adam. But for more information, if you need it, and for the best plastering and rendering prices around, you can email at outlook.com or you can visit their page on Facebook, which is agefplastering, or on Twitter, you can visit at Big Ads with Z L O F C to get in contact. And that's 15% off. Loads of O's fans Already are taking, taking up. Up that offer, he's already made his yeah. money back from the sponsorship, which is he's done
2: at least a year. dozen jobs. So, yeah, done it's done. great. Yeah. It. Moving on then to the supporters club bookings can be made for the away day trip to Oldham, which is happening on the seventh of December. Coaches are going to leave the supporters club at half past eight in the morning for a three o'clock kickoff, and the cost of that is thirty six pounds for adults. And I did look at trains, and they're a lot more expensive uh, than thirty six quid. So it's thirty three pounds. For concessions, the trip will cost you an additional £3 if you're not a member. Under 15s can travel for half price but must be with an adult. And remember, folks, those prices do not include your match day tickets. So you can go into the Supporters Club on a match day to book your travel or you can do the travel line 07722 135 So it's time for the Leighton, Orient, and Trust update. But before we do, we have a message from friend of the show
1: uh, and Trust Ladies and Officer. Howard Gold So here we go Here's Howard's message to the pod
6: Hi Paul and Steve It's Howard here Community Liaison Officer At Leighton Orient And the Leighton Orient Trust I can't believe it's show 200 already It only feels like you've been around For about four years No but seriously uh, The show has become a weekly institution And I must thank you On behalf of the club and trust For your continued support And the regular show outs From myself personally It's great to know you and it's just to see congratulations for achieving the double century. Hopefully I'll get another invite sometime during the next 200. Yeah. All the best, lads. And up the O's.
1: So thank you very much there <laughs> to H. Howard Gold. We do. Howard is welcome anytime or an Outlook Podcast hours. So he sent a trust update earlier and said we were pleased to welcome the year eight football team from Southgate School to the training ground on Wednesday morning. Former pupils at the school include first year scholar Anthony Papadopoulos and first team squad members Rossatoru and Louis Dennis. And after watching some of the session, the students had us off the facilities chatting to Joby McEnough and James Dayton about their current injuries, followed by some time with Louis reminiscing about his time at the school and that his sister is currently a Year 9 pupil there. Mm. He offered advice on diet and mental attitude and has agreed to pop into the school later in the season. Some great work there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Later in the afternoon, Josh Wright and Jordan Maguire drew a guest at Vine John Rubin's Jewish Care Home in Ilford and were visiting as part of the annual Mitzvah Day celebrations, a celebration of blessings and giving to the local community. This was the ninth consecutive season that Leighton Orient have attended and Josh and Jordan were fol- uh, following the footsteps of players like Ben Chorley, Moses Erdabajo, and Scott Kashkett, whose great grandmother still resides at the home. Oh, that's the
1: one that's very close to our hearts. And then to finish the trust update and mention to all of Theo's juniors, there will be a free to enter competition for Theo's party, which is on Sunday the 1st of December December. That's next Sunday with a chance to win a place. It's either a pre-match flag bearer or a penalty take at the Boxing Day game versus Colchester United. So Fio's party is from 12 to 2 pm. And all players will be in attendance, and you can book this one via the club website. So if you want to book yourself a ticket for this one, go on the club's website. I believe from what the bearded legend is saying to me, tickets
2: are £6. Six quid, was free last year. Um, moving on then, any other business? Thanks for the iTunes reviews. We've had a, a couple more that have come in. Chris Thammer, uh, or Chris T. Hammer, sorry, triple six. Thank you very much for your review. Very much appreciated. So... That. Before we move on to the week that was We're lucky enough As I
1: think Paul mentioned at the top of the podcast We've interviewed some uh, past Orient legends From when we started off this podcast And let's get the uh, Let's start with the tiny Not tiny man but he's tiny Salmon leaping The salmon leaping The one and only is Mr Dean Cox
7: Evening fellas, Cox here (laughs) Well done for reaching 200 episodes I know it's taken five and a half years. A lot of hard work's gone into it. Well done, lads. Uh, I wish you all the best.
1: So that was there uh, from Dean Cox. Thank you to Dean There, It with... like he was in the toilet. Been... <laughs> I've only just caught that. Cheers, Coxie. Such I know a... you're listening because you told me you were going to. Such Thank a you. cheeky chappy. So that was Dean. He's <laughs> a couple uh, of goals recently,
4: hasn't he? He has. Yesterday
2: he scored and last week he scored
4: it's with scored a header. One. It's got a header,
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: He's doing very well. Doing we have well, we have yeah. a two part episode in our back catalogue with Dean. We have also interviewed uh, this next guy uh, in, his house. in his house, which was an astonishing experience. For us. Yeah, yeah, it was for the podcast. So here is Mr. Matthew Baudry
0: Hi Paul. Hi Steve. And it's Matthew Baudry Just wanted to to wish you an happy two hundredth episode. Um, this podcast has been gone through the high and lows of the club and. And become like, um, a big part of it. So, yeah, a great platform for players, staff, and their fans to share the passion we all got for this club. So, I really enjoy being part of it and listening to it. So, keep up the good work and I thank you from an Orient fan.
1: So, that was Mr. Baldry, a great Orient fan, there. Matt Baldry. Absolutely, absolutely. So, to finish off with this part of messages, he's been here, he's been there, he's been everywhere he's been on the podcast twice, he's done a Twitter takeover he played at Wembley uh, in the summer still very close allegiances uh, to the club here is super Kevin Lisby
0: Hello um, Yep. this is Kevin Lisby I'd just like to um, congratulate Orient Outlook podcast on their 200th appearance um, it's been um, really eventful listening to you lot and being on the show I know you do good work um, I'd just like to give my um, congratulations and say keep up the good work. Um, I'll be tuning in and listening. So, yeah, good luck and keep up the good work, Kevin Lisby. Take
1: care. So, thank you there to Super Kevin Legend Lisby. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot more messages coming up, one coming up in about a minute's time, um, I do believe. So, moving on in to Not the even. week that was. So, every Monday is and Monday. It wouldn't be an episode 200 mm-hmm. without hearing from the mightily fine, super-foreheaded man that is Joshy e. C. So let's do this one.
0: Hi, guys. Uh, massive congratulations to the Lads at Orient Outlook podcast for reaching 200 episodes uh, from the massive forehead, Josh Colson. Hi, guys.
2: That's all it needs to be said there, so thank you. the he's, he's, like, self-depreciating. <laughs> <laughs>
4: he he flits in stages, I think, Josh Colson. He'll go through stages where he's in denial that his forehead is so big. <laughs> It'll go. It's not the biggest forehead in the club. it will insist Joe willison has got the biggest forehead in the club. Ooh. and then other Ooh. times, Ooh. other times take measure. You know, Need it. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> take it with you tomorrow. I told you I didn't know what a day would entail. <laughs> <been like. laughs> other times you'll, um, you'll be quite happy to, to, to take the nickname.
1: Amazing, amazing work. Yes. Thank you to Josh, thank you to Elliot for sending that one over. So, we're very briefly going to go through the week that was not much happened off the pitch. So, on Monday, the club announced that the upcoming home match against Forest Green Rovers on Saturday, the 23rd of November, would be Leighton Orient's second retro day where fans would be encouraged to wear older Orient shirts. Obviously, this isn't a visual podcast, but I'm in my Independent transport, which I believe is ninety two, ninety three. And I'm in mean, my party Paul, casino. You know, is Harry Kane's party casino top. Yeah. Oh, t- uh, Ten, 10
4: 11. eleven. Yeah.
1: Good knowledge. Martin and Elliot are both I did wear yeah. I played, <laughs> played
3: ninety six to two thousand. Have you so. got any of your old shirts? Do you keep them? Yeah. Would you like one? No, I was going to say like, do, <laughs> does it fit? no, <laughs> just <because of> <laughs> no you, see that, you see that photo of the football <laughs> up the shirt so that definitely fit <laughs> is, it, is it an incentive to yeah, I'll be honest with you I've got uh, <laughs> you've got the Croatia one right you've got the March pole I don't know what I've got up there see, they're in the loft I've got uh,
5: I'm sad sure. to say I've
3: got uh, two framed shirts but they're not like I know they're Swindon when we went up to right, the right. Premier League and when I played in the Premier League just in case you didn't know that did hell, you play in the Premier I'm League funny I've no, one <laughs> I've got Orient shirts having a lot I'll have a look it must be it. my favourite
2: was the Croatian I bet Yeah, we
3: played at Wembley now didn't we i got beat be brilliant
2: Right, in yeah, 2001. Sure I did. No, that
3: was in 99.
2: Nine? 99, yeah, and then 2001 was Blackpool. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've played Wembley, right? You played for Swindon in that playoff. Yeah, I've got a bottle
3: of champagne. Give me the man of the match if you want to have a look at oh, as well. <laughs> <Have you drunk laughs> it. Oh, I? And you drank it. Has it gone off? It's an empty bottle oh, of right. champagne, but right. it does say you're the man of the match. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Very well, good. I'll all that on there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Just like this little handwritten yeah. M link. <laughs> M- I made Sam my boy look at that game at least oh, every other day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just to remind him well, always he he talks
3: about being a better player, right And technically, I think he maybe he can tackle, I couldn't, he can edit, I couldn't. but I always go I've got 75 goals in my career, and when you've got a go in the Premier League. Come back and talk to me. me yeah. yeah. Don't put him down at all. <laughs> he doesn't know his place at all. Do you talk much at home? You no. Two? No, we talk. But not as in about or No, around. never. Now, no, no, I mean, was don't bring a question home. later. Do you ever... Yeah, t- no, never. Because I wouldn't put him in a position of, of, of feeling that he couldn't be... The lads love him to death. I've got to be honest with you. And the treatment was one of the ones, which is what I want. I don't talk to him about football. I spoke to him when we did the... Deep dive on Carl. I uh, spoke to uh, a magnitude of players, some that we had luck before, some new ones, and but they wanted the young player to talk to. And he, he's probably the most sensible of the young players, and he lives in my house. So, <laughs> so we did speak uh, about uh, what well, you know. Not not it wasn't about Carl. It was about the field and uh, you know and. The,
2: from a player's angle? Yeah, a
3: player's angle,
2: but they wanted, you know, we wanted to go
3: from all angles, so we went with three or four of the seniors that we had last year. We went and spoke to a couple of players that were new, that wasn't there last year. We're this is your investigator you yeah, alluded yeah, to yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and spoke to a young player. And So the message to come back was the same from everybody, so he ain't, he ain't blaming anybody. He, yeah. he just confirmed that what, we, what I thought uh, was true. Yeah. So, yeah, he was part of that process. But now, if I need to get anything into him football-wise, uh, I'll tell Caroline, that's my wife, and just say, <laughs> just drop it. Because he'll speak to her. Yeah. She comes to every game, as long as he's playing. She yeah. do not come to support me. That's, you know, that's I remember you,
2: speaking to your daughter. Uh, yeah, you the daughter her, and yeah. She said that your, you her know, and your mum, her and your wife would support Yeah, they come.
3: Yeah. But I'm not the playing. Mean, they no. they come watch me sit in a seat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, well, you've done sat in that seat so really done well, there. <laughs> so they, they, there's a support there, they, but she, he would listen to her on everything, right. you know, it, with me and him, from the age of 10 when he came in, uh, I, I tried to get, just be a, a well done dad, never talk, never talk as a coach dad, I think they're trying to coach young players, as a parent you just encourage, and that's what I've always done, yeah. and for when he plays now, I just say, you know, well done. I don't never, and we never go into what if, if I. If 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 he's get, he's getting mixed messages. If I tell him, yeah, anything I, I I might say to him, did you see Ross today? Or because they certain people go. For, it's all about clips now. Kids are better off. The shorter you can make the clips for them to watch, this the, the more they will take in. Taking, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's a little. So it, it, I think he does his clips with. Uh, I think he might even do his clips with Joe Austin. I think they all got certain people that do their clips with. Uh, uh, Danny Webb does some. Joey does some. Ross does some. Joe Austin does some. Obviously, Reese obviously the goalkeeper coach does some. But football is a no no subject in my ass. So oh, I don't. I don't. I don't ever talk. Late about it. Or in, yeah, Orient. Yeah. I we talk about yeah, football yeah, in, in general. We'd never Leighton Orient.
1: Right. And what was your feeling when Justin comes up to you and goes, we are a bit in trouble here. I think I want to sign Sam." how was that As a- I just said to him I don't think it would happen it was my first
3: reaction because Sam had always talked about not being where I was because he'd had that for the time that I was manager here mm, even though he was the a school team, boy, he yeah. still had the thing that he's only here because of and he yeah. still gets that I know he still gets that support that he could be the best player in the world and then never see it but that ain't my problem my reaction to Justin was I don't think he can." I said if you're telling me can he play in this league? The answer would be yes. Can we get him out there cheap because they're skint? Yes. I said, but he won't come. So Justin said, OK, will you ask him for me? So I said, yeah, I will. So I went home and said, Justin's come to me today and said that he wants you to come to Leighton Ormond, but I've told him that you won't come. I said, I don't think that you want to come where I am. He said, oh, can I, just have, can I think on it? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah then do what you've got to do. And I just thought, well, he's going to come back and say, no, I don't want to come. But then he, he he then spoke to my wife, and the next day he said, "Justin said to me, what's he said?'" I said, "He said, can you have a think on it?'" So when I was seeing him the next day, he went, "I spoke to mum, and uh, I want to speak to Justin." So then I put found Justin up and said he wants to speak to. So they met at the post house in Brentwood at the time. Is it post house? On the in Brentwood, right? Yeah, Left hand side, and he met him at Justin, and 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 the, he they agreed. That he wanted to come, and then he done his, he done his contract talks himself with with Matt Polar. Did I, yeah, I he's brave clever. as a young lad. Yeah, he's, so a bad, bad. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got his head screwed he's on. He's very clever. Though. He takes after his mum. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's, where he, that's where his head in tackling comes from. His right, right. <laughs> <laughs> dealing with you for thirty, forty years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was weird,
5: yeah,
2: and it imagine.
3: still is weird. People don't get it because it's it's weird now, you know. You, you got you got a protection to your children, don't you? So when he plays, you're gonna you're gonna see him in different eyes than you see everybody else. But I try to be, you know, I, I you know I treat him exactly the same as everybody else. You know, they the good thing about it is that he said it's very easy for him. People don't think he's tittle tattling to me. That's the main thing. Here's what sorry tittle tattling. So if they Mate. you know if they go on a night out and so and so. Does something wrong, well, yeah, he ain't yeah, gonna yeah. come, come back and tell you. Yeah, in fact, he's not, it'd probably be him doing something wrong with <laughs> <if> the truth <laughs> be now. But no, he's you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders and uh, just don't talk football, not, not don't talk Orient. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've talked Orient once in the time he's been here and that was in and around Cole. Yeah, that sounds like, he's at the, like sort of naming and shaming, it he was part of the process. Yeah, of course. Okay.
1: Fine. Glad to clear that one up to kinda of get that That's insight. Right. So thank you there to So Tahue Tuesday, nineteenth of November. So no
2: voice message from Tahue, although we may we should have maybe have gone for I one I think I think he's buried <laughs> somewhere in third French third division. There's no chance of that <laughs> get happening. So on
1: that day, Hector Kiprianu was an action for Cyprus under 19s and he played the entire ninety minutes as his team bit mortar. Two 0 So well done, to Hector. I've got, got a lot of good youth talent flying around playing internationals. Got Hector, Mostly got Cyprus. Satori, yeah. Satori yeah. Brendan when he's uh, Shabani, Shadrach's had some good uh, yeah. international yeah. experience, what well, I can yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean,
3: it's it's weird, I mean, because. They, none of them talk with the accents of their country. They're so yes. all East London mm. boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's Shadrach. Shadrach. is Irish. Shadrack is very surprising when Shadrack speaks. Oh. <laughs> you expect it to be East London and then an Irish accent comes out. I think, it's well, like, well <laughs> it's, it's like you, or you've got to put a different voice box in. No, it's good because, you know, we've got, we believe that we always have had a good academy. Uh, the academy would have been shut last summer if mm. we never got up we believe we've got a good good academy again with you know it's a bit uh, diluted because we sold quite a lot of talent last year because we mm-hmm. thought we were shutting so it was mm-hmm. a bit like a bring and buy sell you know what I mean yeah, yeah. you know one, two good price of one but then we, it's building up again but if you look at the squad I think there's 28 players I, I don't want to say the wrong number but it's either eight or nine that have come through the, through the academy Sam counts because he's been Stucked through it, come right. out and come back right. and if you look at if you look at the uh, the wage structure, you know, the uh wage capping, players are twenty one and under don't count, so it 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 really it really helps out and we've got boys there that, that you know how many boys have had two players how many clubs have had two players playing in the Premier League this year? No, you've got Over at Southampton mm-hmm. who played yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've got Al at Brighton. and recently played for Columbia. Columbia.
6: Columbia. Full
2: squad. Full, squad. Yeah. Full yeah. squad.
3: And you've got Dolby on the bench from Watford. It, it wasn't four, up. But, but we, we're in the hot bed of, yeah. a hotbed of talent and they'll always be there. But the talent we've got this year is, is good. But my remit, and this is something people don't look at really, is give one of our own a chance before we take something else. Everybody else, if you've got someone for four years, if, if I've known see you play football for four years, I'm going I'm to know what you don't do very well. Because yeah. the more you know someone, if you start to see their faults. And I go, well, whenever a coach comes and says that to me, and say, well, tell me what he does well. Show me what he does well. So I, that, for me, because what happens is you have a boy from the 12 to 16, and then all of all your faults that you know, and you someone in from another club at 15, say, well, all right. But I said, in four years time, you'd be saying the same thing about him as what you do him. Give our own a chance. That's what we do. Give our own a chance. And if they're 50-50 as scholars, we give them a pro contract. Other clubs, if they're 50-50 as scholars, they get rid of them. We believe that maybe that third year, maybe the year that tips them into being successful. So I think,
4: I think, It's all fine margins, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's fine margins. I, f- I think the international duty is really good for them as yeah. well. It gives them a, something a bit more independent, yeah. um, particularly for the young lads that when they go out... They're obviously not travelling out with their parents or their family. Um, so they, they're going out to... And they're not going out with their, their own coaches or their, uh, an environment they've been around for a number of years. So they're going out into a, a, you know, a country that most of them aren't necessarily too familiar with. There have been languages. The language, yeah. They don't... Not all of them will speak. We um, had a laugh him when him. went. And, and Shaddaq, yeah.
3: on his first trip to Ireland, has been called up. He'd never travelled on his arm. So then it was like his mum wanted to travel with him. He said, look, you don't need to travel with him. You know, go to Stansted Airport, put him through the gate and tell him to follow whatever that number <laughs> says on his ticket. It ain't hard, is it? And eventually we talked around to not going and he, and he, and he did it. It was, it was like a miracle. Right. The chauffeur's found his way to the plane. You know, you've only got to follow the number on your ticket. But what well, Eric says, you, you don't realise, do you? Because you, I mean, I moved away from home at fifteen. So straight away you've been put into a, the man's world, and you and, and by the time I was eighteen, I was very very grown up because mm-hmm. you have to be yeah. to survive. But with people like what Elliot was saying is like they have had everything on a plate, and some you don't even think about it the first time you to travel abroad. Uh, on your own at
4: eighteen on my own without yeah. My parents? Yeah, but something like but such then such there's you know there's responsibilities after you yeah. have to get to meetings at certain yeah. times you know and. Even just integrating themselves into a, a you know a dressing room and a group of people that they're not familiar with, just it will just you know grow them up that little bit extra. You know, it, it just increases widens their worldview. It makes all of it. I think it's beneficial for them um, at that stage of their career. So, um, fair play to all of them. Yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's on Wednesday, 20th of November, but before we do that, let's get some more messages in. So We're very lucky um, to have two messages from board members, so let's start with Leighton Orient's CEO, and here is Danny
7: Macklin.
0: Congratulations on episode 200. As an ex-colleague used to say to me, Graham Gooch, uh, Danny 100, Listen to every single podcast uh, just in over two years since I joined. Uh, I think I've enjoyed uh, pretty much every second of that. A huge amount of work I know goes into producing it, so well done to you guys. I very much look forward to joining you on the show, too. A message out to the fans I know you have a number of uh, Orient fans uh, around the world that tune in. I want to remind them to tune in and and watch uh, upcoming games on the stream. And a reminder that if it's not a Saturday three o'clock game, those games will typically be shown on our website. Available for people in the UK as well as uh, overseas every game. So, urge everyone to grow the... Uh base even further of people that are enjoying those games uh, whether it is in the world we've got people as far field as uh, New Zealand as Iceland uh, and across America and the Far East so uh, join those numbers so main message thank you very much episode 200 here's to the next 200 up the O's so
1: thank you there to Danny who couldn't go a message without sneaking in a plug for the stream so well <laughs> done there Mr Macklin well always done. working <laughs> always working that guy also we're very lucky um, to have a good relationship with another board member uh, Matt Porter, who recorded this on his way to Minehead today, so Matt, he was at Minehead. Yes, yeah. I hope you had a great day, in Minehead. And here's what Matt uh, had to say to us.
0: Paul, Steve, it's Matt Porter here. Just a quick note to say many congratulations on reaching 200 episodes. Really great service, guys. Bringing the club and the fans close together, delivering some fantastic interviews. Always a great listen. Here's to the next 200.
1: So thank you there to Matt for sending over that message. So on the Wednesday, it was a quiet day at the club, with the only news being the club shop will be giving season ticket holders 20% off in store uh, for next Thursday, the 28th of November. I've got to say, fair play to the club, I
2: do like that. And uh, they should absolutely clean up that day, I would have thought. Absolutely. Uh, on Thursday the 21st of November in the evening the Loft AGM took place in the supporters club with special guests Peter Kitchen and Adrian Whitbread uh, and O's Vice-Chairman Kent Teague was in town and he was also in attendance. There's a player missing from there.
4: Steve the Russell the dropped up. out. Yeah. Right, okay. I, I uh, turned up for the bit of that and it was very insightful. The uh, I saw a bit of the Q&A session with, uh, with Peter and Adrian and uh, it was good. Yeah, awesome. they're getting
1: more savvy with social media. There was someone live it, tweeting. They were streaming it. So really good to yeah, see. that's what yeah. we used to do to help yeah. them out with that. So
2: it's good that they've taken
1: yeah, that I've, on. I've it's I've a good met, idea.
4: Obviously, I've known I know Peter through his obviously through him just being a fan of the O's. Um, I've I've come across Adrian a few times here and there, but he, he was really good actually, really interesting. Yeah, it's good. He, yeah, he's got he he? he, he a football thing in America. Yeah, or? he did a lot of coaching overseas, which I found uh, interesting. I played with
3: Adrian at Swindon yeah
2: pretty nice very nice man very nice man if you want any more information on Loft uh, or what was discussed you can visit the Loft website which is com. you can go on their Twitter feed which is at LOFansTrust which covered as Elliot said the evening very comprehensively so
1: moving on into Mooney Friday so unfortunately no message from Dave Mooney you did ask him yesterday he didn't get back to us so Mooney you've let yourself down there standard big style but we did get a message from one of our favourite guests I would say from last season probably still the best or one of the best answers ever given on the podcast when we asked Danny Webb um, what it was like to work under the previous regime and Danny gave an amazing 14 minute answer uh, which was absolutely fantastic so here's a very short and sweet message from the sweet one himself is Danny Webb
2: Just a quick message for Steve and Paul at the Orient podcast Uh, congratulations on 200 episodes, and here's to at least 200 more. Well on lads. Spank you there, Danny. Short and sweet. and To the point. Love it very much indeed. So, moving on then. Uh, we're going to move on to Saturday the 23rd of November. Uh, the main event of the day was Forest Green Rovers. Before the game, we ran a Twitter poll and found out... Uh, to find out your thoughts on how we'd get on. And we had 209 votes in 24 hours, and 24% of those voters thought we'd get a draw... 28% thought we'd get a win, but a mighty 48% was sadly correct, thinking that we were going to lose. Yeah, so as always, thank you for your vote. So the team was announced at
1: 2pm in a retro fashion, so great work there. Yeah, yeah Mr. very Burns, nicely done, I was
2: very, very impressed. Fitting in with the, the, the music. Of retro yeah. Day.
1: yeah, really good. So the team was Dean Brill Thanks. in goal at the back, uh, Ling, Coulson, Happy and Turley, with Gorman, Wright, Clay. Brophy, Harold and Angle making up the rest of the starting 11. On the bench we had Sergeant, Ogie, Ekpateta, Marsh, JMD,
2: Dennis, James Alarby absolutely, and just as a, just a thought while Steve was reading that out, just make sure you keep this in your portfolio so when Chelsea come knocking, that you've got something ready to show them. <laughs> I them. I Chelsea are time. that be funny. Yeah. We're a feeder club for them, we're a so club.
3: for their yeah. commercial team. But i take good members of staff, I've
1: heard. <laughs> oh, wow!
2: That's <wow>. wow. <laughs> <laughs> <quite laughs> why we're both still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to Chelsea Uber. <laughs> Exclusive. Yeah. Uh, Dale Gorman returned. The starting lineup, as well as Jamie Turley and Lee Angle, who made their first start since returning from their respective injuries. Yeah, for Your me, views?
1: yeah happy to see Turley um, back in, you know, playing in the starting 11. Great to see Lee Angle back, and there were plenty of attacking options on the bench there. So I thought, yeah, good starting 11. Yeah, yeah I have
2: to say, surprised that um, Jamie was starting. He'd only played against Hendon uh, yeah. in that game. Um, a couple of people said that. Didn't really sort of stand out in that game, but you know, that's that's you know, is what it is. Wasn't really sure on the lineup on this one actually, how we were going to set ourselves up, what sort of midfield formation it led to. Obviously, Angle prefers to be that front guy. Was he then going to go in a four, 4 1 1 type situation? where we playing a diamond? And I think even when we kicked off, I think we were still discussing. I think it how changed, it? It? it went a kind of diamond, I think, and then it went 4 3 3 with Angle out on the right. Yeah, I think it did, one it did keep changing. changing. Unless I've missed it, you see No, it back, was it, 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 it was set out to be uh, a
3: four-three-three with Angle on the right, Harold in the middle, and Brophy on the left. But freeing Angle up to a bit looser than than Brophy, so Brophy would tend to stay on the left because he wants to be a left winger, where where Lee could could uh, dip inside to support Matt. So end up as a second striker. So. Seeing it as a diamond, it that's what when, when Lee was drifting off the wing yeah. and end up in the middle and then be at the top of the midfield diamond, as you yeah. would put it. So that's, that, was the, that was the plan. I thought that Lee looked sharp, actually. Mm. And, and, it's quick and, and, and feet. Yeah, 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 it's quick feet. And, uh, you know, just talking on the, the the injury side of things, I think we'll have everybody fit for Bristol Rovers next Wednesday, apart from the two that have had operations, which is McAnuff and uh, Shabani. I think that... Um, Dayton is close to being back as is Wilkinson and it, uh, as is uh, Widdison. so them three will be available next week so you've got to, you know, good luck boss. Pick a, pick a team out of that but uh, it, it'd be nice to every every game I seem to write not write, but I have a board in my office and there's all on my left hand side the injuries and there's been five or six in that list all the time mm-hmm. so to yeah. go down to two I think would then strengthen everything up as you go through
1: yeah, it'd be nice one. Competition and, for yeah, spaces, quick, spaces yeah. as well. Nice Stop headache places. for us to have. So, as always, loads of feedback on our social media um, sites. So John Crabb Free put Forest Green Rovers are a young athletic side.
2: I can see Coulson having another torrid afternoon. Stassi Stassi said astounded Marsh is on the bench after last week's no-show in midfield. So, the yeah, has got the game underway. Amid plenty
1: of retro shirts with the team looking for a return to winning ways. Against our high-flying visitors, Forest Green Rovers, who included ex Loney Ebu Adams in their lineup, and with only one minute 45 seconds on the clock, Dal Gorman had a shot from just outside the area that hit the post and bounced away. Great effort from where we sit. You could see it was going to be there or
2: thereabouts, and it I beat the keeper in. an inch to the left, and that's in yeah. an inch. To the, to the right sorry yeah. and that's in yeah. that's okay. just kind of the luck, luck we're straight. having
1: I guess at the moment when you're winning games those kind of tend to go in for you but the yeah. way it's going with the luck at the moment when you're on
2: the downwards the
1: goes and, and it's gone
2: absolutely the curse of the returning player struck as Forest Green Rovers took the lead in the 14th minute through Abu Adams following a neat passing move in which he was heavily involved in um, A Shepherd's shot was initially saved by Dean Brill and Adams just beat Josh Coulson to the rebound to slide the ball in from close range made it 1-0 to the visitors I thought we'd done quite
1: well um, until then I thought we had a bit of the ball mm. thought uh, Forest Green could can see why they're doing quite well um, but disappointing goal to concede kind of I think Bro probably disappointed he doesn't hold the initial shot and obviously it had to be Abu who follows yeah. up just um, the way it always goes I mean, we talk
3: about accountability and, and, and talk about accepting uh, mistakes and, and, and Dean's got to be accountable and accept mistakes and he, and he was at fault for that goal and I thought we had a really good 15 minutes yeah, actually we, did, we, yeah, we looked quite strong. lively. you talked about running at the post but them little things in terms of when you're down there, they get punished, you know, before they might have, you know, parried it or dropped it or put it where it you might have gone to safety, put it straight to a boo, put it in the net.
1: So yeah, accountability we 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 are all accountable and deemed accountable for that one.
7: Yeah, absolutely. So went one yeah.
1: nil down. Following that goal, um, there was a commotion in the technical area which would prove to be the talking point pretty much after the yeah. game, um, as the O's bench. And various O's fans heard Mark Cooper call Ross Hamilton an imposter, um, which resulted in Ross throwing his gum at Mark Cooper, um, which gets Ross sent off. Mark Cooper gets the yellow card as Danny Webb um, takes control of the team. So from where we were at the South we didn't have a clue what was going on. We just saw Ross get the red card. Yes. And that was
2: it. That was it. Um, and Ross says what happened later on um, in his his interview... Um, Justin Edinburgh's name was brought into this somehow, unfortunately, yeah. through Mark Cooper. Yeah, I mean, so do you want sh- you know, to tell uh, us what you know about? Yeah, it? On
3: the sidelines, there's there's a there's a I suppose an unwritten code of conduct. Mm. You know as I said, I stood on there for ten years and, and had some indifferences with people, uh, Steve Evans, vet more Very than well once. Known that, yeah. Some people you think that they, you know there's a. There's something to be gained to get the upper hand on the other bench. I think it's rubbish personally and, and, and the more I was in it, the more I, I didn't get involved in it. Uh, Dean Smith, who used to be a little uh, a little bit more vocal because he had redhead. Oh not redhead, red, red hair. hair. Yeah. <laughs> so he was a little bit more volatile. But when I say there's an unwritten code of conduct is that even if you you do that and you, and, you, and, you, and you wind people up or you do what you do, you will always go for a drink after or ninety five percent of the time I'd always go to have a drink after with with the person and I'd always invite the people in to have a drink with me uh, I think Mark Cooper went below the line uh, the the fact that what Ross has said uh, you. Know, I believe Ross one million percent, you know, there's no reason to, 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 to not believe him, you know, he's not going to use Justin's name for any type of, uh, get out of jail card. Like a reason to react, yeah. yeah. So, Mark went below the line, uh, you know, the actual verbal content is, one said it and one heard it, but it's only between one and one. Uh, I just feel that uh, you know the code of conduct is if you're using uh, Justin to wind Ross up, then you're a sad person. Hmm. And for me, he's gone below uh, the level we should have done. Uh, he's gone down in my estimations massively. Uh, I played with him. He played one game here on loan, and I played with him. Uh, he came on loan to Southend uh, and claimed that he was a close friend of Justin's after the game which I'm not saying it, whether it's true or not true I'm not supposed to carry about it uh, I'll only say he wasn't at the memorial and he wasn't at the funeral that's all I, that's what I'll say about that, that statement uh, I believe uh, I believe we should just leave it where it is because he's got to sleep with himself at night he has to go and put his head on a pillow and sleep at night and if he can sleep at night thinking he's done nothing wrong then hes then he, then he's a, then he's worse than I thought he was uh but Ross found a piece of chewing gum i, I don't know what it's not many people not many things that really get to me uh I think for me would it would it it more like been a punch or whatever but mm. If I'm totally honest, so to throw a piece of chewing gum. I know it's true because when Ross came up to the set next to me in the, on the balcony, he, he was seething. He, he was like, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. And uh, Danny Mackley went down at half time to make sure nothing went on. I went down after the game. I didn't really want to go down there because what I really wanted to do, because I knew him a little bit, was to confront him and Tell him that what he did was way below a level that anybody should do, uh but I did go down there, but what I did, I looked in the coach room, just looked at the telly. because if i if I'd seen him, I know that unfortunately for me i' sometimes see red, and I regret it, so I just kept myself out of it and as I say, the one thing I say he has to put his head on the pillow at night, he has to sleep with what he said or what he what he's perceived to say, we know it's true, you know well are ain't going to use that. And if he's happy with doing that, then he's a lot worse person than I
2: ever thought he was. Great answer. Great um, answer. Yeah, absolutely fine. Okay, so in terms of us taking it forwards, it's not. So, it's obviously under review at the moment. But in your view, is not something worth reporting to the FA? I think if I think if you report it, it,
3: no, I think if you report to the FA, it's going to be the the referee is not. Got it in his report, and know the full official. But he's got the incident, but he ain't got the what was actually said, so I don't know where. I've I've been to FA things before, and if it's uh, my word against Elliot's word, it, it nothing's going to happen. So uh, I, I think that that we would be wasting our time. The uh, the the owner or the chairman in, in Nigel might view it different and feel that it's something that he wants to pursue. For me, I'm not so sure it's something that you're going to gain any advantage. Uh, not fine. I don't think you're going to get any satisfaction from the from Nothing the outcome. To come from it, so yeah. I, I think that we should just maybe leave it where it is. It's part. We all know what happened. I can go home tonight and sleep quite peacefully.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we all can. Absolutely. So the O's responded fairly well to going a goal behind. I think we look for a way back into the game. It's still pretty level, but it was Xo Adams again who doubled Forest Green's lead in the thirty third minute. It's Dean Brill threw the ball out to Craig Clay, who had the ball taken off him far too easily by Ebu. Who fed Matt Stevens, who got his shot off, which Josh Wright blocked, but the ball fell to Adams, who was the quickest to react, and he shot first time into the back of the net past Dean Brill to make it 2 0.
2: As annoying as Ebu Adams is that's actually quite a good goal really good because goal. he struck it with his left foot it's gone through players and it's gone past Dean Brown gone into the corner of the goal I actually think that's a pretty good goal but from our perspective it's poor defending again there was lots of bodies around him and he's just beaten two other players to that ball when arguably on a numbers basis he he shouldn't be scoring that Yeah you got that and I no, 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 no. I'm not getting out. I'm not here to cash.
3: You know, cast a shadow over Dean. Real, the, the 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 original mistake was I don't know why he's firing it now. I've got to be honest. Craig is marked, uh, so then Craig puts him. So he puts Craig under pressure. Craig loses it, and then there's a lot of mini. Like in any goal we can go through it and we'll find mistakes, yeah. and there will be mistakes. Uh, but there's. There's too many times. There's little mistakes that are happening, and, and for us at the moment, it's, it's going like a, a domino effect, where a little mistake turns into a bit bigger, a bit bigger, a bit bigger, and before you know the ball's in the back of our net. So, if we can eradicate the start of the mistake, the little bit, the little start, the little bit of mistake, it will stop the rest happening. And sometimes you said it. or Someone said it about you know if he was win- if he was on a winning run of seven games or undefeated for seven games, it would. Dean's spill with the ball would have not gone to Ebo Adams. Dean's throw out to Craig Clay wouldn't have led to Craig losing it, or might have led to Craig losing it, but we'd have stopped it before he went it went in. There. But yeah. you know they're the little things that are going for against us at the moment. We but it's no good keep grizzling about the little yeah. bits that are going wrong. It's about going to put them right. And as I said to you before, there's accountability in all everything we do, and in in anything that's happened. The players are accountable as well, you know, the players have played the last seven games, we haven't won for seven games, they've had two different managers in the, in the dugout, in Carl and, and, and Ross, so they have to take part in accountability, and they do, because I speak to the players that they, they accept their, their part in it, uh, but as we are as a club, what we talked about as talk a club we are, we are very inclusive everybody, so when things are going well we're inclusive to make sure everyone gets invited to the party. But we're also inclusive when things are not going so well to say, take apart the blame. Whether you're a player, staff member, whatever you are, we win together as a club and we lose together. So
1: we're all accountable. And so the players at this moment in time have got to do better. Fair enough. yeah. 35th minute, there? Adams, who seems to be in the middle of everything, clattered into Dean Brill, which left him on the floor needing treatment. But Dean was OK to carry on.
2: Yeah, and at this point, there's a lot of frustration with the referee. It seems to be giving a lot of decisions to Forest Green's way, and then similar decisions not, not going so our yeah. way. It's
1: quite a lot of heavy challenges I thought in this one. particularly on Ebru, someone's going to get badly taken out. So I, yeah, I, I just don't just,
4: think the foul that on Dino was, was no, a foul. No, no, foul. Um, it's just it's just to come into yeah, it's it's momentum. It is yeah, yeah, just coming off work from that.
3: I just think he. They're
4: just, they're just they were clever. Yeah, yeah but
3: I don't think that also I don't think that the referee was particularly good, whether that was for us or against us. I just don't think he managed. I never felt he had control of the game. The game always seemed to be simmering and he never ever stopped the simmering of the game. It just kept you could see it was gonna boil over sooner or later. Yeah. And, and he allowed that. Because he's managing that. He's accountable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he is accountable. Not so you'd know that. No, but they don't, and that's the problem with it, it? And now. Yeah, there's no no, no there. there. No, that, that's the problem with it. I don't think there's any pot of the feedback that they should be getting I don't, I'm not sure they're getting it properly or yeah really
2: like, it's all backpack yeah. and all powers up yeah there, well you've got
3: you got people upstairs who are, are, are you know watching, watching them, and, them. And, and marking them and viewing them and yeah I, I just think it's always on the pretext of protect yeah so they're going to say things that protect them rather than the, yeah. and the only way you learn from your mistakes is by actually know someone saying you've made a mistake there you know, you you didn't manage that very well, but again, if you take anything like that to the FA, that's or PGM, you know, you, are, you, you you do get a system to mark, and if you mark them under a certain amount, I don't know what the amount is, then you you then if it's in case you you've got a score sixty and above out of hundred, and you don't have to put anything above. If they score fifty nine, you have to write why you give them a less lesser mark.
2: Right. But it's. Talk a bit of the nonsense. And some of that's judged
3: it? by it, and it's hard, Because it, if you win, you think, oh, I'll give him 61, even if he's had a stinker. Mm. If you lose, you probably give him 45 and then write something. But yeah, it, there's, there's, somehow he's got a, bit, a better system of managing them as a, as a, group,
2: of, uh, a group of people. So, fast forward then to the 41st minute. Free kick comes in and Rawson gets his head to it, destined for the far post, but Dean Brill pulled off a superb stop, pushing it round the post after James Brophy was booked for a foul uh, that led up to that on Ebu Adams. Yeah, good save there from Dean Brill. I think we've been critical of him earlier on, but
1: I thought that was a really good save. And in three minutes before half-time, Forest Green Rovers extended their lead as Aitenson crossed from the right, took a slight deflection. The ball flew past the diving Dean Brill and Matty Stevens
2: left with a pretty simple tap-in at the far post. To make it three 0 Yeah, I think Brill should have done much better there. I might be harsh there, but I think he should have done much better. And not, not enough was done to stop the cross
7: into the box I, in the first
1: place. I think you're place. a bit harsh on Dino. I got to say. Yeah, okay. I think he, the cross on the deflection on the cross speeds the pace up and takes it slightly away from him. But I mean, I watched I watched all games. goals back after the game, uh, and Dean
3: was accountable for his part in the first two. He had no part in that one. Actually. Right, fine.
1: Yeah, fine? Yeah. I agree, I agree. So three minutes of time were added on. In the first minute Dal Gorman had a soft shot comfortably saved and the first time the keepers had to actually make safe in that half and the rest of the half was played out. As
2: referees Whistle brought the half to an end with the O's trading three nil. Wilco 300 uh, messaged us and said slow in everything we do far too many touches when attacking and aren't reacting quick enough when defending
1: David Rickard 89 said this team have no discipline
2: and very little leadership as for the ref this has to be one of the most inept performances I've seen for quite some time Yeah, Luke underscore T7 said Adams is in everyone's head we need a big reaction in the second half an early goal is more than needed authentic gas and I'm guessing it's a lack of meat eating that makes these Forest Green Rovers players fall down all the time And <laughs> I'm not even getting started on Adam Harry011 Harry said, absolute rubbish from Orient, not good enough, no more excuses. Too many players not up to it. I'm sure Fletcher saw that. I agree he wasn't right, but this needs a clear out. All too cosy. Glad Teague is over to see this. So the attendance was announced at 4,614 with 264
1: fans making the journey from Forest Green Rovers. So there's one change at half time as Dale Gorman came off. He was replaced by JMD as the O's changed their formation to a
2: 4-2 with Jamie going on the right midfield and Angle going up as the centre forward and we started this half quite strongly a couple of good chances but Forest Green Rovers crowded their box and defended well that's one thing they did do well they got back and they crowded it out to to make us not be as potent as what they were and we didn't crowd out enough best defensive record in League 2 I think I, I heard before the game Sorry. it doesn't surprise me they conceded 11 goals before yesterday Yeah, in the 54th
1: minute Abu Adams was finally booked for a challenge on James Brophy and from the resulting free kick, Matt Howard headed our first goal. Of the game following a decent delivery there from JMD. Pull it on the plate into the back post. Matt done really well. Beat his marker. Powerfully headed in at the back post past the keeper to give the O's a bit of hope and make it 3-1. But for me, that was a quality ball in there for JMD and Howard doing what Howard is best. Put the ball in the air. Let him attack it and he'll get you more goals and often you not me, that's that. what we need more from from Jordan. Yeah, and to be fair, I think Jordan had a good game yesterday. He was head down was low He was crossing early into the box and for the most part his delivery I thought was pretty good for. Yeah, him. So was changer,
4: he... Go on now. I thought he was I thought he came on and made a real impact. I think Which is something he's not done in my opinion, in any of the substitute I think, I, I appearances I think that we've really seen. The last the game point. he played, um, I think we started and I think he sent in quite a few good deliveries and it, you know, on any other day, if you get your head onto them, then suddenly he, it looks like he's made more of an yeah. impact. Um, but I think he, he yesterday or yeah yesterday he um, took the game by the horns a bit more and um, yes. yeah really got himself involved. And I thought you know it's, it, it says we say game changer when we didn't actually get a result out of the game, but he he he, he turned impacted I think it. he helped yeah. turn he it from on. a you know a, a fizzling out to a, 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 a game bad really, defeat it? to you know, a game where we were in it for a, a large amount of time. Yeah. When you
3: think about it, I mean, I watched him play for Dagnam, and um, it was a big part of him signing here. And, and, and it was about goals scored, he got 20 in one season for Dagnam, and goals created. Uh, and that's what he'd be judged on, because he doesn't give you a lot defensively, he, 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 so he, he's, got to be, he's got to be producing all the time. In Dagnam, you either played as a 7, 11, or 10. He played in all three positions, and sometimes all three positions in one game. But he always created. Uh, I think if you look at the goals, yesterday was his fourth. I think.
4: Yeah, his fourth goal.
3: So he's, he's for wide player, and midfield player for the games he's played. his Goal return is not bad.
2: Mm. And they're substitute. Isn't yeah, it well? and
3: create. If, I think if you if you if you play Jordan long enough and get him out there, he will have an effect on games. He's always going to be the first one to be left out when it ain't going so well, because people look at his defensive qualities. But then I would say to the person that's picking him, tell me what he can do, not what he can't do, because he can't defend, and he ain't a very good defender, and he ain't very disciplined in his defensive manner. But he's got a lot going that way. And sometimes he will always be a better player in a good side. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But well, I know what you mean. Yeah, you know, if you're fighting, if you're fighting, and you're trying to, you know, fight relegation type situation. Which I don't think we are at this moment in time, but we could be if we ain't careful. Then Jordan won't get in your team. But if you're to, you know, mid table and you want to push on to the top, he should be in your team all the time. He's got he's got the most ability at the club. Him and Brophy are the two players who got the most ability. But he's got to be able to produce that. His minute his minutes on the pitch this year, I don't think have been as much as that he would want, and the, as much as he he should be getting with his
1: ability but it's, it's over to him isn't it mm. do you think the same can be said for Louis Dennis because I see Dennis as a similar yeah. player but I might be wrong because I don't know Dennis old, with, but I know Some yeah, sometimes with Louis it,
3: it, it, it's Louis himself right and what I say what I mean by that is that he I think he drives sometimes to, up, to an eye standard that, 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 that himself so he beats himself up too quickly if things don't go well and because he hasn't started that well for him it's Trust me, there's a talent there. I mean, I've seen him play with Portsmouth, i seen him at the training ground, yeah. sometimes he takes your breath away. But it's about him believing and knowing he's got that talent. Uh, so, I think Jordan is a little bit more cocksure, right. without being big-headed, yeah. but he's a little bit more cocksure of his ability. I think Louis sometimes needs convincing, and that's the difference of the man management. He said, well, you know, what does a manager actually do? That's finding, what should I, what should I be saying to you mm-hmm. as Louis Dennis... About yeah. you, and what should I be saying to you as Jordan or Guy or Jew? They're two different things, two different messages, you know, and that's getting to know people players. and players. I think that's where Ross is very good, and, you, and, and I think they'll both be eventually really good players for Late Night Football Club. At, the mo- at this moment in time, I think the Jew is out on them both, uh, both as a, uh,
1: the supporters, certainly, but they're two talented boys, that's for sure. Great stuff. Okay. Great stuff. In the 57th minute, Aitchison drew a low shot in and was denied by the outstretched leg of Dean Bru. Good save there from Bru again. I thought. Yeah.
2: One. He did well there. The returning Jamie Turley showed some great skill in the 58th minute that left his man standing, but sadly nothing came of it. That was excellent. Wasn't expecting that. That was yeah. nice. He's, and apparently he's one of the quickest in the in the club as well. Yeah. Though, he's all accounts. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's lightning quick. Yeah. Lee Angle did well to create space for a shot in the 61st minute. But blazed his effort well over, and an amazing save from the Forest Green Rovers keeper Woolcott yeah. in the 65th minute denied Josh Wright a headed goal as the O's sensed a comeback that could be on the cards.
1: Yeah, it was quite enjoyable. What, even though you're three one down, you're thinking if we score it, it we're gonna game we're gonna be up. Yeah, time, yeah. It, was, it was an interesting game developing. 70th minute, Dan Happy did well against <laughs> Matty Stevens and blocked his shot. Matty Stevens did look lively he's. Got, Quick turn of pace, but Dan Happy done
2: well in that yeah, situation. There. Absolutely. Our second goal of the game came in the 77th minute. Lee Angle stole the ball from Ebu Adams just inside our half. I think it was, ran uh, down the line and cross His cross found Jordan Maguire, Drew, whose shot took a slight deflection and made it 3-2. So, you know, we're sitting here thinking, right, 15, 16 minutes left to go, game on. Yeah, great, really. great work from Lee, wins <laughs> the ball, drives forward good cross into the box a bit of
1: luck for once a bit of luck once for us that we did not go our way to get the goal and 12 minutes left
3: when that one went in you know you expect not expected but you could you could see at least a point coming at that stage because we was we was fully on top we took the game to them and and, and they were starting to crumble Uh, you know we were on the upper trajectory on that they
2: were tiring possibly yeah and and you know
3: you're going to go through it in a minute but then obviously the big moment comes when Cole sits the bar and do go in and then they go down the other end within a minute or two minutes and score uh, but uh, yeah so certainly the 3-2 I've, I've, I've just fancied us to, uh, to win the game
1: so let's see how the rest of the game goes I just told you yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know <love laughs> it's it coming spoiler alert right? yeah. <laughs> so in the 85th minute we had three corners in succession all with decent deliveries again going back to that at JMD was putting some really good corners into the box uh, the final corner I saw the ball bounce around the box Josh Coulson Clattered his shot against the crossbar, (gasps) bounced down on the line. That's my name showing. And forward screen, cleared the ball. I mean, unbelievable, really. I mean, if that had gone in, we'd be talking about his comeback for years to come. Do you know what I mean? Be another another Lockheed Gillingham story almost. Absolutely. Again, when it's going in for you, it goes in. When it doesn't, it doesn't. And at that point, you've still got five minutes left to play. Who knows what would have happened? Yeah, but. The game was killed off, really.
2: <laughs> Three minutes later. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, this is fake. <laughs> you sport it. I'm now doing the facts. Uh, Matt Stevens drove into our box and was able to hold off Dan Happy long enough to find Junior Modell, who had ghosted into our box effectively, got his shot away past Dean Brew into the far corner and made it 4-2 and cue a mass exodus. I think not only from the South Stand, but just generally. Yeah, um, not enough done, really, to stop Modell from shooting. Fine margins again? Absolutely, fine margins, or I had to say on that one.
1: So at that point, it was game really over. 90th minute, Samlin came off for James at Alarbi.
2: would you make
3: a sub that late? It's just weird, isn't it? Because what we was just before, say, what we, what Ross was uh, going to do, just before our second, second goal, the sub was going to be Alarbi on Turley off at that stage. Because He right. was a bit worried about Turley going and So then Sam was going to go to Sam Ling was going to go to right-back and then uh, both to left-back. Mm-hmm. And then, then uh, we got the goal, so left it. And then, then he was talking about going three at the back. So then if you go three at the back, Turley's a better. So, then, so that's what he did right at the end. So the, the Larby one was in the, in the pipeline. So the fact that the substitution was going to be made when we was 3-1 down, actually, yeah. and then it went 3-2, so he left it a little bit, mm-hmm. and eventually it just got a bit made, but it was just a token in the end, the yeah, yeah. I don't think was believed that he was putting Alarby on to get, well he's got two games in, in two goals in 17 months, so I don't think he was going to get two goals in 17 seconds, was he? <laughs> I don't think even Ross would have went there. There's that
2: a lot way. of people that, that are enamoured by James Alarby, in a way that, like I wasn't at Scunthorpe, but the effort and endeavour that he put in, in the 10 minutes that he was on, he had three shots at goal, three efforts that go arguably, yes, could, should, done better and perhaps scored one of them. But the fact that he had that in that time, in that short period of time, and the rest of the time, we'd struggled to conjure up as much.
1: But also, he does something to the crowd. So Angle came on before, I think I mentioned this last week's pod, Angle comes on, who's a better player than Alarbi. I think probably everyone agrees, around the table. And the crowd are like, oh, okay, welcome back. And then Alabi comes on and suddenly... The, the lobby tones like, go oh up man. and then you hear it all around the it's ground. It's a little it's bit tongue-in-cheek, Mickey taker
2: type. tight, we know he's not great but we love him for his effort. Kind yeah, of I by. don't know. It's harder than it because
3: if you're judging sitting here in your second season of a lobby, has he been a success in terms of signing? No. No way. Uh, has he had enough game time to prove himself? I think that the it's been fair. People have been fair with him. Uh, I think that I think he's very much a confidence player. Does confidence come from playing? Maybe. And sharp match. But, but I think what you've got to look at is that it ain't just about. Does he does he make the team better by being on there or does he when he starts does he first have a players in to play? Not really. You know what I mean? It, it's. I think you can only judge it on, on, on I find it really weird, that, that, and, and what you just said there just goes totally against what I believe as a, as a, as a football I it does. because it, it, yeah. we all know angles better, we all know angles more likely to make an impact in the game, mm. but a lot will get more impact from the crowd that yeah. may change the game that's going yes. on out there, yeah. yeah. which yeah. I think with James is just, I don't know, he just, he frustrates Uh, I was a big part of his signing. Uh, The player that I signed and that I saw, I played with Chester in front of my own eyes, Uh, that I've done a lot of due diligence on. I don't think he's ever turned up here on a regular basis. So, is he the nicest lad that I've ever met in my life? Yes. And does everybody love him? Yes. At nicer training and, nicer and nicer and just. Nice training ground. Nice and early, yeah. Nice and early, just. But it's nice. it's weird because you can't you can't you can't dislike him and, and as I said to you at the end of his period here or like there's a couple of times where we just talk I said to him we want to go out and loan and get some game time but blah, but we always said at the end of the day if he's here or not here he ain't gonna be no trouble. I think that's part of his problem. That he's no trouble. And what I mean by that is I don't want him to turn into a nasty piece of work because he can't be what you're not. But I think with his physical power, pace and strength, if he was a bit nasty on the pitch, he reminds me a little bit of Jabbo Beery.
1: <laughs> oh, we, we said go. that. We
2: said this last Here week. Here we go. And we... we... <laughs> um, Jabbo
1: said that and Jabo, episode
2: 199. You should yeah. listen to the podcast, Mike. Jabbo, Jabbo, yeah,
1: yeah Jabbo had that
3: with 99 starts and 99 subs for me and I always say to Jabbo is you've got to toughen up if you're going to have a career in this game he's 36 and he's still playing Jabbo so he yeah, obviously at Cambridge oh, okay. so That's he's learned, he learned along the way but he was again the nicest kid, very softly spoken you know everyone loves him you know my, mom, my wife adores him even now because he was a young kid playing for me basically. he was in my youth team and Jabbo was a, not a very good finisher, but as we if you look at Jabo's record, his finishing got better. And James needs—he's got two, three, I think, has he? He's got two last year and one this year. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah so got he's got one issue year and Grimsby, and, and right, he
3: ain't played as much as he should have done. But the only way he's going to keep in the side is either fetch people into play and create goals or score them himself, and he doesn't do that on enough basis. He he's just, selfish as sometimes he's, pretty, no, he's just he I just, sometimes sometimes he looks like <laughs> sometimes he looks like he you know it's tough to score yeah some he? of the decision making process don't remind me of a footballing making process so mm-hmm. you say, when I'm thinking he should run inside he's going outside, he's going outside yeah. and when he should run outside he should, he's going inside but in the thing with Jabbo and going back to Jabbo thing he? I, just, I did try and coach Jabbo because he was uncoachable so I just left him and, he, and his danger was that he didn't know what he was doing. So how are they going to know what he's doing? Yes, yeah. And I think James is similar. similar. Yeah. But, but Jabbo Again, they screamed Jabbo, didn't they? You, yeah, yeah, You, yeah. you start Jabbo warming up, they scream for him. Yeah. 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 But, in a sort of fun, jovial yeah. but he was kind in, of way. Yeah. A lovable kind yeah, it of... Was. and he was. And James is. And, and, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I'm wrong. Between now and the end of the season, what we got? 27 league games, I think, it That he gets, you know, 10 goals. And then...
2: That'd be a decent return if you can do that. Of course, it would. only scored three you, in two seasons. Give Yeah, but sense. when you look at it,
3: you know you, when we saw sort of when I put a, a list of strikers on the board at the start of the year, you know you have probably got you, the person I did who was our fifth choice striker that's played ninety the last nine starts. Matt Howard. Mm. Matt was just supposed to be a little bit of a bit part player that come on and when the games got tiring, but without Lee, without. Uh, Connor without Louis being not performing without James not performing Matt's now become our number one Mm. so I'd much rather Matt coming on for the last 20 minutes than starting games of football but Matt won't like me saying that but I think that that would show us that we're in a better place actually because Matt when he comes on always affects games yeah
1: he does always very much so yeah I guess so So four minutes of time were added on as Leanne Gould went close with a header in the 93rd minute as the full-time whistle went shortly after as the O's made it seven without a win despite a valiant second-half effort and almost, almost pulling off the most unlikely of comebacks in the match that will be remembered for the wrong reason. So Paul was lucky enough to speak to us, Hamilton after the match. We have got about a seven-minute interview. We're just going to cut this one slightly short because we're quite aware that we've just gone over the two-hour mark as it stands. So here's a very quick snippet of what Ross and Paul caught up on post-match yesterday.
7: Ross, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Quite an emotional game. <laughs> yes. Of high emotion, should we say. Yeah, and that's something that I'm extremely disappointed with before. And people, and, I, and I'm doing it to myself already, You know, I, I've had a history of, 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 of indiscipline in terms of the way that I got sent off today, but today just brings a bit of a different slant on it for me. I, I, uh, to say I'd do it all over again sounds really naive, however, at the same time... Um, I would protect that man's honour with, with, with my life.
2: So, there are rumours out there of what's being said, but are you able to confirm yeah, what like said? Yeah, like I
7: said to the press just there, like, I've been accused of being an, an imposter in terms of standing on the side of the pitch and being a manager, which is great because that's something that I've always had all the way through my career. Um, and if I've been ever wounded or put down by the fact that people say that I'm in a game that I shouldn't be because I haven't had a football career, then happy days, i take that every day because I work. My nuts off to make sure that I've um, given myself the best opportunity to take the career path that I want. So I take that every day, but it was followed up with um, with who do I think I am, Justin Edinburgh. So uh, as I say, I'll do anything to protect uh, Justin's name and uh, and, and Justin's honour. And, and and albeit I got sent off for throwing a chewing gum, it could have been a lot worse, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. here.
1: So that was Paul speaking to Ross. So thank you to Elliot for sorting out that interview and apologies to Ross for cutting him off. Mid talk, so league table in that loss means we've now dropped a place to 18th in league two. Played 19 games, won five, drawn five, lost nine, a goal difference of minus eight, and on 20 points. So, your views on this, yeah,
2: highly emotional game, few highs, many lows, and plenty of frustrating times during the game. I thought the first half we played well, had a good intensity for about sort of 20 or 20 minutes or so. I think uh, as you sort of commented earlier, uh, commented after the game, Steve, that the second goal seemed to have quite quite the impact. Uh, despite a better second half, I looked at the squad and finally see that we have players who I don't believe are going to take us forward. I think if Coulson's shot goes two inches down and to the right, we'd be talking about a point gain rather than a 4-2 loss. And Forest Green Rovers played some good football. Uh, they were organised and they counter-attacked at pace. And sadly, Ebu Adams has become the new George Porter and the curse of the ex-player strikes. Again, I thought we'd move away from poor refereeing moving up a league, uh, but apparently not. Sargentson refereeing the infamous ball boy saga Plymouth game uh, a few years ago where Liam Kelly got sent off for shoving uh, that ball boy. Sadly, he's not improved a bit either. Um, Sadly, one of the biggest talking points was what led to Ross being sent off, as you've just heard, and what a disgraceful man Mark Cooper is. Yeah, like we alluded to
1: we I think this game probably gets remembered for the wrong reasons. But I thought we started okay. Had a good reaction to going a goal down. I think the second goal, as we've alluded to, knocked the stuffing out of us a bit, and the third goal was the full knockout, but the second half was much better. Really good formation. JMD, as we said, had a great impact. And if Josh Corson's shot goes in, I think we're talking about a completely different yeah. outcome of the game. Um but an angle on the right didn't work for me, although Martin's given it a better context um for me. But bizarrely I thought considering we conceded four goals I thought the defenders played alright I can't put my I can't say any of the four played too bad I thought Turley in his first game back done well I thought he was a stand a stand done down well Thought Corks made some good blocks and Dan I don't know if you agree you're
3: kind of looking yeah, it's, funny, it's funny when you say that because I'm now replaying all the goals in my head and, <coughs> and, and, and they wasn't uh, directly at fault for any of them mm-hmm. any of the four you know maybe uh might we yeah. have closed things closed down, down closed, quicker? Yeah, maybe stopping the cross for the third one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, third third one. Yeah, down, yeah, yeah, yeah. that looks that, that looks soft all round. But you know, I look at it more like the again the the inclusive of everybody. So we would we would attack as a team and we defend as a team. We've let four goals in now. As I say, direct. Uh, Dean had a direct to play in two of them. Dean will, you know, and uh, no denying that fact. Yeah. Uh, and but I thought defensively, I didn't think that when they were going forward, we were getting stretched. I thought that we were comfortable defending, mm-hmm. but they scored four That's goals, right. so it can't be that comfortable. But he, no, I never sat there, but. Yeah, I just—I mean, I see, I see a few shoots of recovery in there. I see a little, little bit and maybe I'm looking through rose-colored glasses sometimes as I take the glasses off. But, but you know, of course, I heard you say about. I think we, I always call what we've what we've got is an evolving squad, and what I mean by that is that every six months I can evolve it, or we can evolve it how we want to. Mm-hmm. So it's always an evolving squad. I'm always looking at it in in. In two year blocks of, of where people fit into it, and, and you know, people are going to say players last year uh, have not stepped up to the mark uh, as yet. Can they step up to the mark? Are they, you know, I look at people in a, you know, a definite no at the right hand side, a definite yes on the left hand side if you put four columns and then I put maybe yes maybe no that's how I sort of do it okay so for me I've got no one in the far right at this moment in time which is definitely no have I got some in the maybe no's yes I have Mm. have I got some in the maybe yeses? yes I have have I got some in the definite yeses? there's a few in that part as well so but that's you know that's how I have to look at it and, and think about if we, we put four in the summer, uh, in terms of Wilkinson, Lee, Lee Angle, uh, Josh Wright and uh, Dennis. Louis Dennis, do I think all four of them are good players? I think that Wright has proved that to be probably the best of the signings so far in terms of what he's done. But I believe that Angle and Wilkinson... And Dennis will turn out to be good players. But again, I don't know that, if I'm honest with you, I don't know if they've played on the same pitch at the same time as a free starting a game. I'm looking at Elliot. He, he's going to find the facts out for future, but I think that, like in terms of Angle, Wilkinson, and, and, and Dennis, we've lost Wilkinson too often for injury and, and suspension. We lost Angle for the injury. Mm-hmm. Dennis has not performed to where we expected. I don't think they've started. I don't
4: together. think they've no. I think they've come on
3: Mansfield. They came on. Yeah, they? Uh, but I don't think they've started together. So yeah, I think there's, you know, it, it, it's like old times. It, but I don't make rash judgments. Uh, I look over a group of a group of games and then say no we ain't as, as some players not quite adjusted to League 2 coming out of the National League players that look really really good in the National League quite naturally ain't looking really really good in, in, in League 2 but can they cope with the League 2 I think there's, there, there is question marks over players so that goes down, the, down to your question or in what you see mm. I've not fully made my mind up on it all yet I think going into up to January is gonna show us an awful lot. I'll look at a three month period because you've got uh, well, two month period, should I say you got we're coming towards the end of November, but we've got all the December and all the January before we have to decide, you know, a week before the end of January what we're gonna do. So but there's a not a lot of games with the Christmas period coming up. Yeah. To us to know do we need to fetch? the there's, angle There's not gonna be mass changes. It ain't gonna be. Oh, we've got a cold. The old squad or anything like that. But do we need to fetch two or three in to tip it up? Because you fetch two or three in, what it does, it just naturally moves people down the pecking order. So you become. I always judge myself. How strong does our bench look? You know that's where sometimes I look at it and think If I've got Widdison, uh, Dayton, and uh, Wilkinson back for next week but we have got them back for next week, then I think we'll have a very you look at your bench and you say, Yeah, 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 I like it. The fact that we've already had five in the left hand column on my columns being injured, I think weakens what we've had. So yeah, there's there's the jury's out. I think the jury's out. I think that we we aim where we where we would want to be. Uh, we've come you know, the, the, the season's been very uh, peaks and troughs, you know, you, you had the trough, of uh, the massive trough of Justin, and then we've sort of done alright, then you had the trough, the trough of Carl, in terms of, the, you know, angle Carl's fault, but the trough of getting a manager that wasn't the right fit, and, and it's been too, and someone said to me, what I, want, what I enjoyed about last week, apart from the result, is that it was quite a straight line, I didn't Go in and there was ups and downs and blah, blah 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 it was a straight line the training ground looked good blah, 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 blah. we didn't win the game so that goes down as a trough now we've had seven games without results without a win no that's lie. seven games yeah without we oh, yeah, had one win, win which was yeah, the Brighton
5: game
2: yeah, the yeah,
3: penalties yeah, if you yeah. count it but we're, we're in a we're in a downward spiral how long is that spiral going to go is about how can, how can we turn it around and it's down to, to Ross and the players to, to, and, and the coaching staff to turn that around I do believe we are a middleweight team with the squad we've got that's what I do believe now it's over to them to prove that and uh, the, uh, by the end of January I'm going to know if what I'm thinking is going to be matched up by what I'm seeing mm. so we're, we're, we will and, uh, and you always get question marks about you know turn around and say well Dean Will was at fault for, for two Saturday so he's no good well that's not a, that's not a proper statement is it It's says how has Dean Briel done all season and then we judge it to say Will Sam Charles and get a game against Bristol Rovers? Of course he will. Sam Sargent will start against Bristol Rovers. If Sam Sharden does well against Bristol Rovers off the back of Dean not doing not so well, would Dean Ross play him against Oldham? Yes, he would. So that, but that's the, that's, that's the opportunity in the game that you have to play all the time.
2: I hope there's no Bristol Rovers fans listening. It's no good to his left either.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my last point was, I, I'm not a fan of doing <laughs> ex players. They always seem to raise their games. We've yes, seen it at the time ago with George Porter. I remember Freddie Eastwood at South End getting loads of jib in an autograph game years ago. Yes, And, and I scored. knew he was going to score and he didn't. Yeah, you know, know. So for me it doesn't work. And Mark Hooper I think has already been said. It doesn't need to be said again.
2: No. I think we'll just leave it at that. Fantastic. So, a huge amount of feedback after this match. So, thanks to everybody who sent their views into our social media accounts. And again, we do try and read out as many as we possibly can. But just because we read them, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. Yeah, we're going to
1: cherry pick a few of these ones um, because of the time. It's a gorilla's 1985. So, there's a lot of fans saying this team is not good enough. But six weeks ago, we were winning 4 0 when everyone was praising the squad. I believe in the board and roster. Turn it around again. So, get behind the team.
2: Yeah, our F said, good to see some bite in the team again. Realistically, I reckon most fans would have expected us to lose. So to grab a couple and get close to a third gives me some hope anyway. We'll be safe this season though. Rekker
1: Blue Raps don't think we played too badly in reality against a good team. We need to be better defensively and not let our heads drop when we concede like we did at 2-0. Adams showed us what we have been missing and he bossed our midfield today.
2: Dunmark said small margins. I'd like to see Webb as manager, as I thought he did a great job before, and he wants to manage. And I'd also change the keeper. So Danny Webb's name's not not come up. He'd managed Orient during the previous regime, as 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 we refer to it. To it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I do not see uh, Danny Webb above Ross Mone. That's as simple as that. I think Danny had. Uh, a period where he became manager here, uh, probably too quick, uh, just three years before that, he was a college coach. Uh, I believe that, that uh, Danny's very good at doing what he's doing as a, as a number two to Ross. Uh, totally on experience, totally on coaching experience. Uh, Ross will be above Danny Webb in any structure that, that we put together. Uh, I do not believe in that you jump a number two above a number one so when you look at what Justin did Ross did 85% no that's too much 75% of the coaching Danny dipped in with the individual stuff so I see it on a day to day basis Uh, I love Danny's death I think he will be managing the future but for me he's
1: not really right at this moment in time
5: Cool.
1: Bill underscore Johnson UK was quite critical. He said players not good enough, players not fit enough. Manager needed urgently. Players didn't turn up in the first half. Ref was a clown. Forest Green Rovers are divers. Less loyalty
2: should be shown. Perhaps Fetcher did know. When players don't turn, neither do fans. Um at LOFC nineteen seventy-eight said defending let us down again. Second half glossed over our issues. Why was there no marsh? We need left back cover. No support on the right for Turley as the formation was all lopsided. Club is stagnating with the manager issue unresolved. The board want Ross, but he doesn't want it. Something it has to give. Veggie
1: Jones says, I hope Ross goes to see the chairman tonight and says, Take the interim away. I'm doing this. I'm going to make a success of it. The club give him their full support and he'll prove the doubters and naysayers wrong.
2: I hope that's the effect of Mark Cooper's taunts. Uh, Vince Howard, 73, said, Valiant effort, but more feel it was because Forest Green Rovers backed off Today show, Kent and Nigel, where we need to be if we want to compete, and frankly, we're quite far off. Daniel underscore D44 says, strange that we let him four goals, but all four defenders played well. Great second half
1: performance, but still think we need a new keeper, midfielder and a forward. Can't believe how many times Forest Green Rovers
2: mugged off the ref, especially Adams, but he also ran the show in the first half. Yeah, Dave M1812 said, bad display in the first half, let Adams' is cheating get to us and terrible defending. Second half showed at least they could fight. The front two looked much better when Angle wasn't out wide. We hit the woodwork twice, so it could have been four all. Green were more clinical.
1: Final word goes to Essex Biz, who said stuff the game. Mark Cooper is an absolute disgrace and should be sacked. What a nasty individual to go to those sorts of levels to win a game for a screening to do the right thing. But well done to the players for the fight back. Things like this should only bring the club together and we have to keep behind the players and the staff and finish it with one of your hashtags. Only one orient. So, so let us know yeah. if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out and let us know what you think. By tweeting,
2: I said orient outlook or by emailing us at orientoutlock at com. Absolutely. Prediction league update. There were no correct predictions in this match, meaning the top of the prediction league is unchanged with Sue underscore Manx top on 12 points. Then it's allen uh, Alan AVM 1502. Uh, and Wallerad on 11 points and 10 points is Steve Chaplin four and st- at Stephen Orion. Both of those guys on 10 points. It's not changed in weeks, is it?
1: No, I don't think anyone predicted, well, they didn't predict the 4-2 yesterday, as you no. wouldn't predict the other mm. results.
2: Yeah, so yeah. after the match, Mark Cooper, uh, Mark Cooper's comment continued to dominate the headlines as the Forest Green Rover Rovers chairman made a statement and I was on Love Sport Radio last night they were talking about this, we shifted from being at 20 to 10 to the top story so I had to go on at, at 9 o'clock and I was on there for about 10-15 minutes talking about it listen to this guy talk so he was said, quite a said thing, the chairman
1: yeah. said Mark and I was saying this or anything like it he and Justin were close friends the referee and the fourth official have both confirmed saying that they heard nothing said and the fact is Layton's manager was sent off for throwing something at our bench after the first goal was scored their manager has to look to himself for the reason for his behaviour I mean I think we've pretty much already discussed yeah, just because, because the referee
2: yeah, and the fourth official didn't hear it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's it just they haven't it. documented yeah. Yeah. it. They've got, Suddenly they've got a deafness in their right ears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So moving on to today, on Sunday the 24th of November, New York ladies were in action in the County Cup against Tottenham Reserves and goals from Haley Barton, Ellie Stenning, Michelle Young, plus a brace, obviously, from Seyfield Limarchin. March and Solio's <laughs> win the game 5-0. Well done to ladies. Well done. Here. They're doing fantastic right out, stuff. Then. They really are. So this podcast is almost at an end, but before we let you go, we've got a few questions from social media um, that came in. So thanks to everyone who sent questions in from Twitter, I from think Facebook and a, a lot from them. We have okay, them. we already, absolutely have. we just
2: go through some just to make sure that all of them have been been answered. I think Nigel Conway's...
1: Yeah, you spoke about Larby being a bit more nasty. Do we need a bit more of a nastier midfielder? Obviously playing Forest Green Rovers, Adams is coming to the equation again. Do you think we need to be a bit more nastier? Yeah, I'm not, not, not sure the word uh, is... Nasty.
3: Uh, I think that the, the, it's an area that is always important in any football game that you've got to dominate and I think there is some games where we have been dominated. It, uh, I think that it probably works better with a three than it does with a two uh, because sometimes when you play with a two we get overrun. So yeah, there's a, there, I think that a bit like when I was saying... You know I don't sort of write people off or write people in or he's been brilliant or he's been rubbish. I, I just try to, to, to assess it over a period and, and, and try and run a footballing eye over it. Uh, but I think we could maybe do there's nothing wrong with an athletic midfielder, and I think Ibu uh, sort of showed some deficiencies within our midfield yesterday on yesterday's game, but that doesn't mean that the answer ain't within it. because I think Craig Clay's very athletic. Could Craig Clay be a little bit more careful with his passing? Then the answer's yes. So, you know, the combinations is down to the coaches to work out. I still say, sitting here at this moment in time, I think we've got a middle-eight team in here, in here, uh, at the club. Will we want to turn that into a top eight team off the back of this season? Yes, but let's prove that the middle eight team is
2: there for all to see. In terms of the um, interviewing process, perhaps when you consider in the future, Clapton O asked, does Martin think more football men should be involved in the selection process next time the club hire a manager as he is currently the only one with genuine management experience from the world of football?
3: Yeah, I think that, uh, I think if you don't, uh, look back at a process and and, and and critique it then you're a sad person so I would look back uh, at the process as with the board and critique it. Uh, the process that we've used we've used on three managers people would say got it run really right with one uh, got it wrong possibly with two with, with Steve Davis but I don't think Steve comes under the category of car, you know we got it wrong uh, because the fit wasn't right so I think there's maybe I've never gone down this line before and Kent mentioned it uh, about a possibility previously that, 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 the, that the staff that are going to work with him maybe have a period with him to get their fills or you put two or three people in front of them but it can get messy you know it can get messy you've got Part of the process is, is myself, Matt, uh, Matt Paul, Danny Macklin uh, is part of it, but not not as much a part as myself and, and Matt and and, and uh, Nigel and Ken. Uh, but
2: it's another pair of eyes. Yeah, of, of course it's like it is. The thing is with
3: it, I don't know how many stones that you have to turn over to feel that you that, that you're getting it. It's not an exact science, no. you know, and, it, and it's judged by. Uh, is judged by our is the method that we do more intense than when I got my f- four jobs, massively
5: mm. so it's we could, we, writing, we got a lot
3: yeah. more into it than I don't want to say it but I've only had four interviews and got four jobs <laughs> so I must have been a con merchant to be honest but, <laughs> but the process was a lot the process is the process, but I think we've got a very in-depth process how we do it. Maybe maybe I an mean, argument it's too in-depth. But we've got to look at it and maybe look at doing things differently. Would it have stopped us appointing Carl? I don't think it would have done, actually. I don't think it would have done.
2: Well, so, if he's to you an interview he's going to do one thing and then does another, yeah, it's difficult to mitigate uh, Yeah, that. of course it is. Yeah. And,
3: and, but, you know... You've got to critique you've got I critique. critique players, I critique staff, I critique myself and I critique the process that we went through. I don't think there's any magic wand to make a process that's uh, that's fool uh foolproof foolproof in any way, shape or form. But other people with football experience maybe the, the, as I say, the coaches that are going to work with him may be a, a possibility, and it's something that we've talked about. So we let's hope we don't have to use it uh, for a period. You know, uh, maybe you know we're doing we we're doing it in two years. Ross has got us top of lead two uh, next season, and, the, and we're all saying, well, we don't need to go down that process. Uh, but I think we will have a look at how we did it, and how we come to the conclusion.
1: Cool. Okay. Thank uh, you. Next question is from PDR one 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 two one for Elliot one for Martin. Martin's question is: Has the board made a decision yet regarding a permanent memorial, at Orient for Justin? And the second question for you, Elliot, is: uh, Will the club program on the fourteenth of December have a part of celebrating Justin's fiftieth birthday? Uh, I'll go first. There's we're in pro- the process at the club of
3: of uh, of getting a permanent memorial remor- for Justin m- memorial for Justin so yeah we will mark it will be marked appropriately Appropriately, yeah, yeah definitely so uh, it's just there's an awful lot going on with, with things and his family and, the, and we, it's just another brick in the, mm. the, in the process of, of making sure we do things
4: everything right and, and, and there will be something yeah. any idea when we're likely to hear about when that might happen I would imagine more than likely at the start of the new year. Okay. Um, it's just, it's just. A, I think they're in the final stages. of certain things with it, but it, it will be worthwhile. Yeah. Okay. Great to hear. In terms of the program. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't actually thought that far ahead. Um, yes, of course it will. Of course it will. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if anyone
3: noticed that the four of the mascots yesterday was Justin's niece and nephews. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. So it. that was something that Justin had promised them before he passed, and they was at the game yesterday. So, we, you know, we don't sing everything that we do from the hilltops, uh, but we, we, Kerry, Charlie, and Sydney are always in our focus in what we do and how we do it, and, and anything that we do, we run through them. I mean, I've got I have a meeting with Kerry. At least once a month, where we sit down and, and talk. Uh, you know, not just, just some of that. It's just a, uh, for socially as well. In terms, you know, it's difficult. You know, she's going through difficult times, mm-hmm. and, as we all are. But it, I think it's important that they're
1: paramount in their thinking and whatever we do, and that anything that we've done is been guided and led by them. Yeah. yeah. Tommy Atkinson6 isn't a question he just says I'd like to go on record to say thank you to both Elliot and Martin for all you do for the club particularly to Martin who has a tough job and gets a lot of criticism but having done a job at every level as player, manager director of football I can't see where the silly comments have any foundation I think us in terms of me and Paul said on a recent pod show me someone who's never made a mistake in football and he just wants you to know that you're appreciated by the many
3: yeah for the people that criticise it don't bother me. <laughs> it really don't bother me. because, And what I mean by that is that that mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I don't care with what I do but what, what I know is that I do everything, everything I ever do is for the benefit of the football club. I don't do anything of what I do for the benefit of my name. I don't look at myself first before the club. The club comes first in everything I do, whether that's Decision making on 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 coaches on naming people, it, it's not done for me. I don't need you know. I've had precious yeah. adulation all my life. Mm. You know, as a player and as a manager. And if I wanted to go back down that line, I'd be standing on the side of the touchline and wanting the adulation again. I don't do this job for adulation. I do the job to do it right and for the best of the club. So, the criticism is water off a duck's back because I don't I don't read Twitter I don't read social media I don't if Nigel puts something up that he's read on the thing I moan at him because I say I don't I know that I care and I know I care as much as the the late United supporter who feels he cares the most at this football club I know I care as much as that you don't do something for 15 years at a place, whether it's playing or doing what I'm doing now without caring for the place you're caring. So if, if everything I do is from the heart, uh, followed by the head, because the head has got to make a decision, it's only to make the club better. And any criticism, and I can get... Elliot hears my voice when I go angry sometimes, and, and, and he's very good at sort of warning me, which was like in a Q&A last week. <laughs> I can get I can get frustrated when people think that, that that they mix it up to say that, that it's about, well, will you you about this mafia thing, you know, that I've created a mafia around me to protect the Don, me. There's nothing so more laughable in all your life, you know what I mean? I, I, what I believe is, if you speak to any person that comes across me, they know what I'm about, they know I've got the, the, the club at heart, and they know that I've got whatever person it is. I can guarantee you, and I, and I, you can speak to anybody, and if they've got something a gripe right about me, then I'll be surprised because everything I do, I do for them.
4: I don't. I don't think you you could speak to anyone at this football club who feels that Martin's role and what Martin does in that role isn't the correct thing to have at this club um i think mark works very hard and he um uh, and he does an awful lot that doesn't go seen by you know the day-to-day public how he manages people how i know that i've gone to him a few times over things when when my grandmother died in, in may um he was the person i spoke to when i struggled in the aftermath a little bit of justin's death he was the person I spoke to, and I know that's the same for every other uh, member of staff of this football club. Whether it's a football staff member, whether it's a player, whether it's an office staff member, we, and and I I knew Justin well enough in particular um, to know that he couldn't speak any more highly of having not only a director of football in in charge to take away the responsibilities. Uh, the additional responsibilities that stopped him man-managing his players and being a manager. But he couldn't speak any more highly of Martin and know that's how every single person in this club feels. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you. Well, that's really nice
1: to hear. A uh, question for you, Elliot, who uh, from Aquinas, who says we've seen some excellent media managers going to bigger clubs <laughs> and Elliot's definitely up there with the best, if not the best we've had. If a premiership club does come calling in, what does Elliot do? Sing is he's orient. For, is that a family
2: member? Thanks, Dad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: wow, interesting question. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, my dad took me to my first orient game when I was three months old. So, I, orient means yeah, I know. <laughs> I had no choice, uh, but orient's my everything to me. Um, I. I I have career ambitions, you know, I, I want to I ex, experience things that, you know, the very best, like anyone that does in their career, but I absolutely love my job at Leighton Orient, um, you know, not, not in any rush to leave if, you know, um, I love what I do and, you know, as long as I love what I do, uh, you know, I'll just take each day as it comes. Mm.
1: Very grounded answer.
4: Yeah,
2: very professional answer, that
1: mate.
4: That makes you be gone tomorrow. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> he's already had Spurs knocking on the door, aren't he?
2: <laughs> Johnny's come knocking, he's like,
4: what are you doing? Johnny doesn't work at Tottenham anymore. It's, it's, Does he not? No, he works for the Premier League now. Mr Big
2: Show. Look yeah, at that.
1: Yeah. George Nicholas underscore one is for Marty. It says, how do you manage to overcome and cope with the high pressure of responsibility at or Orient? Uh,
3: as I said, I think I said it earlier, it, it, my... My illness has given me perspective on life, uh, I, I, you know, I, I said that I always learn by my mistakes and, and my mistakes uh, actually took me to my illness in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've got uh, a mind that's, that's susceptible to mental health problems but I didn't help that by fueling that with alcohol uh, and, uh, and not caring for myself. So I've got a perspective on life, but but because I've been in such dark places, it makes being it makes the life a lot easier to live because mm. when you've been that when you've been in them such dark places, the 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 perspective is that that when I say I've had a crap that work, I've my head tells me compared to what. Compared to being stuck in the private for seven weeks and not being able to remember your name for three weeks, you know what I mean. So compared to what is my life? I was daving crap. So the pressures and and you know when you said earlier about the uh, criticism, it don't you know. In ten minutes' time, roughly, we'll be finished here, and that be that be that be done. I don't know. It's ten minutes time. But I'm just guessing. Yeah. As I as I go get home before midnight. No, but I'm just saying. But, but pumpkin, but yeah. we've only got we've only got now. You know, now is what we are. Yeah. So I just and it's it, it's to do with the 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 train. So I wake up every morning, and I know I have to have half hour of me time. Mm. So that's reading the book, a bit of meditation, which I'm shit at. Oh. Bad <laughs> act. first. Uh, <third. laughs> right, oh, you've done weeks.
1: well. Two hours thirty three yeah. minutes, and you've done very well. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
1: kids. <laughs> Sorry, kids.
3: Yeah. So, but I've have had have that first fifth, half hour because my mind can tell me that I'm no good and that I'm rubbish, and I mean, mm-hmm. so I got I have to change that thinking. Because that's not true. Yeah. And um, we by the time I'm walking down the stairs slowly, I always walk down the stairs slowly in the morning. It's a good idea. To think. In case you uh, fall, yeah. Especially at my age. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that, <laughs> but I did think that. <laughs> and I'll have a couple, a couple of cups of coffee <coughs> and then I'm ready to face the world and, and I love I love this job because of that, the good thing about it, I don't know what I'm gonna I do not know what I'm gonna go into tomorrow. Mm. But what I do know is that I would, yeah, I will be able to. Yeah, I will be able to cope with what I've got to go through. I love to. I love to laugh. These are tell you, I'm, you know, one minute I'm the director of football in my office, and every like, I'm talking millions of pounds or of whatever's going on on the phone, and I come out and have a joke and laugh with them and mug about it because that's my release. I love it. So, uh, the pressure is no, and it's nowhere near the pressure of being a manager yesterday's result still in my head at the moment but nothing like when I used to be a manager yeah. when you can't shake it out of there when you can't get it out of there and, and my daughter used to say you got that look on your face again dad and I used to say what's that look and she say it's your football look so that means watching the telly and not even knowing what's going on in the telly yeah because yeah, yeah. although you're looking there something else yeah. is going on in the air yeah with head. this job I can just Switch, right? it's over to somebody else they pick the team they do the players they do the coaching they're going to get them ready for Bristol Rovers in 10 days time I'm going to give them the, 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 the ammunition all I can and I might get a call from Kent tomorrow I'll definitely get a call from Nigel tomorrow because we have one at even, 1 o'clock tomorrow uh, Matt Porter might phone with something and but I don't know what's going to happen yeah. I do not know what's going to happen sitting here but I'm going to love it mm. because I, cause I, cause I've been to that dark place and I ain't going back
2: mm. yeah really good absolutely Question came in for you, El. How did you get started in the business, your history and links with other clubs? And what is your advice for younger listeners who
4: might want to get involved? Um, good question. Um, so I I lived a, abroad for, for 10 years. I lived in Dubai, um, which meant I had 10 years following, following the O's. Um, and seeing how the the digital side of things developed. Um, when I first went out there, um, I was updating the BBC live video printer, which is, let me tell you, not an enjoyable way to follow a football match. But <laughs> by the end of it, I was listening to to Dave Victor's commentary, uh, and I was part of, on Twitter, and there was a whole community I could feel a part of, even if I couldn't go to the games. And I I, I think that's probably where I developed my interest in in sort of digital media. Um, I went and studied film at university, film production, realised about halfway through, maybe even about a year, yeah, about halfway through, that it wasn't what I wanted to do. I I really enjoyed the aspects of um, making videos and stuff, but I didn't, that wasn't the career path I wanted to go to. Um, So I sort of sat down and evaluated what, what would I need to do to get myself in a position where I could get a job when I leave university, and that was to I went out and, and volunteered at a few sort of non-league clubs. At first, I was at Thamesmead Town, who don't exist anymore. Um, i just filmed their games and created highlights packages. That was, i I'd emailed every club in London. They were the only ones to respond to me. And then... Um, I think I'll chat to his email in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, then for a project I did with, with Orient, I met Gary Alexander and John Mackey, who asked me to join them. Um, which gave me a bit more responsibility. I, I was in charge of kind of the whole media side of it and I had the freedom to do social media and, and manage press releases and it was a, a great season there um, and just en- ended up networking enough that when the takeover happened and, and Charlie Long stepped into the, med- the head of media role um, and he needed someone to come in who couldn't really... Be paid a lot. Um, I, I was sort of. He offered me the position, and then um, when he went to Chelsea, I, I stepped up into into his position, and I've absolutely loved every minute of it. Um, advice for other people um, is is go out and, and do some work at whatever level. You need to when you're when you're looking when someone's applying when we're taking people. We've got so many people with degrees. Everyone's got you know a, a great degree. Everyone has an interest. Everyone you know. But what's going to separate you from the rest is your your work experience and what the portfolio that you've put together. To put it into context, we've been trying to hire a youth team reporter to cover our youth team games to develop our social uh, to develop. We want to create a youth team social media account um, in order to and so that there's a double edge to it in terms of we can. Uh, develop a young media pro- uh, professional, but also develop our players, our young players. Given it means it gives them a bit more exposure to interviews and stuff before they actually reach first team age. It gives them a life skill if should they not make it, but also makes them more ready to step up into the first team when they if they do make it. And we haven't been able to find someone. We've gone to universities then we haven't been able to get someone in, and. I think it's so essential that there are plenty of roles out there, but you've just got to want to go out and put your and put the muck in and do the work, and then create a portfolio that you can then present to an, a future employee, or and have network contacts that when you go into a future employee, that that's you know you have got that in your arsenal that other people don't have, and I think that's that would be my biggest surprise to anyone. Yeah, and I
3: just got the back of that is that it's a similar. You learn by your mistakes. Mm. So that's what when I said about. My situation is that all what I know now is by making the mistake in the first place. So if I made it when I was sixteen, twelve, what, you know, whatever in my life or anyone's life, you learn by your mistakes. Mm-hmm. So by putting yourself out there and did Elliot when he came in, first came in, made mistakes. Of course he did. Yeah. You know, was he? Was he? Did he have to learn quickly when Charlie went and he got? Did he still make mistakes? Yes. But you learn by your mistakes. and If you don't put yourself in a position to make mistakes, you're going to learn nothing. Mm-hmm.
4: No, and there were, there, I mean, there were so many positives being at, at Greenwich Borough in particular, is that not only was I developing a portfolio of work, not only was I making contacts with people and, and getting my name sort of noticed with what we did. And we, we had a video that it reached um, a million views in that, so that we were making an impact of what we were doing. But I was spending my, my week three times a week in in an environment of football players, which is a real lesson in itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it meant that when I made that step up, I, I was in a position to to, you know. To 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 take hold of the the opportunity rather than I ha- had less learning to do than what you know if I would have had to do on you know so many other aspects other than the actual job itself if I had to do if I had no experience so it was all beneficial to make ensure that when I had the opportunity I was in the best place to take it um, so that that's my advice to people great
1: advice there from Elliot thank you Elliot Daniel Smith not a question but more a big thank you to Mike for all he does at the club doesn't get the credit he is due I think one of the last questions now I've oh, got a last question about Miles Judd do you think he's progressed
2: because uh, he won the 20th after year, winning of now yeah
1: I think that
3: uh I think Miles uh, needs to learn how to become a footballer. That oh, sounds terrible, that's quite doesn't a bold it? Statement, yeah. yeah, what I'm saying by that, not to do with his football ability, mm-hmm. but running his life on a day-to-day basis, that football is the main thing. With Miles, he's, uh, he's not the brightest of people. But that doesn't mean you can't be football smart. Of course, yeah. Yeah. there's quite a few footballers that ain't the brightest of people. Trust me. But he needs to run everything, and I don't mean he. It sounds like I'm saying he's out in a nightclub every Thursday and Friday. That is not the case. It's, it's, it's we we, we have control of the players. Right, they come in uh, at eight in the morning, and they leave the training ground at half, two, three o'clock. They say that period. so we've we've got them under our umbrella, and we control their life. So. It's when you're a footballer as my wife always said to me it's like being a schoolboy at school all your life you're told what to do and where to be so Miles during the hours he's told what to do and where to be but when Miles goes down at half past two half past three he becomes his own his own self so he's then got to be moving I watch people that go in the gym and do extras and do bits and bobs and that and I always say to Miles what are you doing to make yourself a better footballer I think he had success very young Sometimes that can be a good thing or a bad thing. Mm. I got into a first thing when I was 16, but I always tried to better myself wherever I was. I was always last off the training ground. I was always last to leave the, the, the training facility or whatever that may be doing to make myself better. And I think that's where Miles has got to get better. And I've said it to him personally. I've got I, I no hesitation in saying it publicly because I say it to him all the time. You've got to be... And then he can produce... A better performance on the pitch, he's become more trustworthy on the pitch, and then if people trust that you're doing the right thing here, they will trust you more on the pitch. So he's got to build that little bit. And he's getting better, he's getting better, but it's he, he, quite a slow learner in terms of, you know, he, he's not getting it as quick as I would like him to get it, but he just needs to keep pushing. And when it's not going well, that's when you should push some more, not start sulking. I'm not saying he's sulking, but that's what, as a player, yeah. I always felt whenever I was left out, I'd work harder. I'd show that manager that he's got to pick me because I'd be on that training pitch doing all I could to prove to him that he's doing it wrong. I think some people, especially nowadays, youth, some youth people today, not Mar- I'm Not miles it's just a, a, an overall subject of they they they're quick to blame everybody else. But it's a thing. The theme of me all night is have a look at yourself. What could you do better? And I think miles footballer. Away from being
1: at the football club can be better. Okay, brilliant. I think that's an end to the questions. Unless it you is. think there's anything else, no, Thank you That is it. To everyone who sent a question is that like two hours, we're forty-five
4: minutes. We've well, covered, I think covered we're gonna pretty do. much every other question <laughs> in do. one way, shape, or form. So,
2: um, from that point of view, I think, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to wrap this up. Then, as yeah. we move on to. Fancy football update. Andy Chalk is top of the Orient Outlook Podcast League on eight, League on 807 points. He's three points ahead of Elliot Hartfrey Pierce in second. Steve, you're 154th out of 280. Sure. And in the Dream Team um, League, Michael Head is now top of the Orient Outlook Podcast League on 820 points. He's just one place ahead of Andy Brown uh, in second place. That's Orient Meat Pie on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken. Steve is 23rd praise, out yeah. of 87 players. So doing all right in that one as we move on to the positives and negatives
1: yeah all right so i'll do positives and negatives of the week so positives the first 20 minutes the second half performance yesterday i mean even though we lost that's encouraging signs there so that was good second positive is the return of the angle and jamie turley from their respective injuries and the last positive is again second week running the orient ladies who are just flying. they 5-0 win today. So well done to the ladies, which leaves the, um, it's up to you.
2: Yeah, so conceding four goals in a game yesterday in the 90 minutes, the unsavoury incident involving Mark Cooper. I think our November record goes down as a negative, having played five and lost four of those five yeah alright so positives and negatives
1: wrapped up so time for our hero uh, of the week and he doesn't yeah. know it but he's sitting right opposite up. me no next to me it's you so well Let's done to do Elliot that. and the media team for all the retro content no drugs really, Yeah. Well done. straight in oh. to be fair so well you, done you would have yeah. got it had you not been sitting here but as you're sitting here
2: it's, it's actually
1: be nice be to give it to you. Yeah. yeah very grateful thank you so well, thank well done to Elliot we don't win anything it's just <laughs>
4: no. our admiration our, our there's no
2: prize or anything <laughs> So next week's fixtures then. Due to the O's being knocked out of the FA Cup, there is no fixture for us next weekend. We're in action twice the week after. We've got Bristol Rovers in the Leasing.com trophy uh, on Wednesday the 4th of December. That is at Bristol Rovers, uh, as I just said. Uh, And then back in League 2 action, away at Oldham Athletic on the 7th of December. We are not back at home now for three weeks, which will leave us at home to Bradford City on Saturday the 14th of December. So if you're going to any of these matches, have a safe journey, send us a tweet. When you're on your way to the ground, at the ground, or during or after the match, we'd love to uh, to have that involved. Yeah, so let's close at the
1: podcast and so we've got three more messages to play and then we are done. So first up, we've referred to him consistently as the third outlooker. He's the brother from another mother. He's been on the podcast more times than he'd probably care to, to wish for. So this is Ross Embleton's message.
7: Good evening everyone, um, i like to start off by saying how difficult it is to record uh, what I thought was going to be a simple voice note to send across for this evening's show. Um... My technology skills, or the fact that I can't talk to a mobile phone, one of the two uh, has meant this has become a little bit more difficult than I thought it would. Um, Fantastic achievement in terms of Stephen Paul reaching uh, the 200th show, 200th episode this evening. Uh, Huge congratulations to show the commitment and the um, application to make sure that you get yourselves to to this level is fantastic. Uh, Week in, week out, or you know, I'm sure you miss the odd one or two, but. Your commitment to being together to to record the show and keep people up to date, keep people informed is um, is second to none. So uh, you deserve a massive pat pat on the back back for that the club always gives you so much to talk about as we all know as a in and fans and people connected with the club it's very verily a quiet moment um no more so than, than recent times um not always for the good um you know there's obviously tough periods that that everybody's gone through but i think we'll all agree that uh, that the way that um the or outlook podcast goes about his about his business is um is fantastic for all of us to make sure that we know exactly what's going on and and, and we stay up to date and I think that's also the same for the club as well you know the, the, the club at times are, are, are very well connected with the Outlook podcast to, to make sure that the message is carried through from from, from our perspective as well so um, massive gra- congratulations I'm sure there'll be a long future that lies ahead whatever the next landmark's going to look like whether it be 250 or 300 I'm sure it seems a long, long way away but that's, that time will soon come around so fantastic commitment massive pat on the back um, always a massive um, privilege for me to be uh, interim Caretaker, manager of the football club, whatever it is at the particular periods that, that obviously I have been in recent times, but also to be referenced as the third outlooker is always a massive privilege. Good luck this evening. Um, I'm sure Martin and Elliot will provide you, again, with more information, more fantastic value in terms of making the show a hit um, and, uh, and ears to the O's stepping forward in the future. Up the O's.
1: A massive thank you there to Mr, yeah, Mr. Bolton recording that in a car somewhere by the sounds of it or on a hard shoulder of a motorway. So thank you <laughs> to Mr <laughs> Bolton. So two more messages left. Um, additionally, we wish all our American listeners a happy Thanksgiving. As you probably guess who they're going to be. First up is our chairman. He was on the podcast last week. So here's a message from Nigel Travis.
6: Hi, everyone. And I want to celebrate with the Orient Outlook podcast. 200 episodes, that's a great achievement. Uh, Fantastic job, guys, by you and by all your listeners. And I must say, one of the great things of being a chairman of a football club is we have so many people engaged in the football club. So congratulations and thank you for all you do. Uh, The second thing I want to say is uh, I appreciate all the fans who turned up for the Q&A last week at 12.30 before uh, the game against Scunthorpe. Um, I think we had good discussions about the situation regarding the head coach and just to clarify, all Ross is in charge and until we determine that we're going to do something different um, he has our full support and ideally we'd love him to show he wants which is very important and gets the job Um, Yesterday, clearly an eventful game um, a very entertaining game uh, I think you've all heard that I was very distressed by the incident that led to Ross being uh, dispatched to the stand. We'll be making a very strong protest to the FAA about the behaviour of the Forest Green manager, and I have written to their chairman. Um, it is absolutely outrageous to use Justin's name, uh, as was the case. Um, I thought the second half we played the best we played for a long time. I was very encouraged by that. And we now have a 10-day gap to a very important game a week on Wednesday, which is away to Bristol Rovers, which will be streamed. And the reason the game is important is we're only a few games away from Wembley. That's amazing. Love to go back to Wembley again like we did in the FA Trophy And this is kind of the League 1 and 2 equivalent of that. So let's hope we do well there. We'll be putting out a very strong team and aiming to win the game. And also that week we play our way at Oldham, which is a game that we should be fairly optimistic about, particularly if we play anywhere like we did in the second half yesterday. So quick message to you all. Thank you for all your support and well done,
1: the podcast. Thank you. So massive thank you there to yeah, Nigel amazing. for sending his message and I've got to say thank you for your support over, or well, since you took over, the support we've had from Nigel and Kent, considering the chairman and vice chairman has been absolutely Incredible. phenomenal. So speaking of Kent Teague, when we recorded, we hadn't added a message in from him yet. We got a message saying he'd landed in Dallas airport and he sent us something over from the airport. So here is Kent Teague.
6: Good evening, Paul and Steve. Congratulations on 200 episodes of the Outlook Orient podcast. We really do appreciate everything that you guys have done for the club over many, many years. I know our fans really enjoy all the information they get from your podcast. So appreciate it. Congratulations again, and up the O's. So thank
1: you lovely, uh, to Ken T. So we'll finish by saying don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook at or big ads at LFc on Twitter for all your clastering and rendering needs.
2: Yeah, so that is it. Thank you for joining us for episode two hundred. It's been an epic, epic way of marking our milestone episode. And I think by far the longest single running episode that we've ever done. You so sure I have. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we're discussing a football match that will be remembered uh, for all the wrong reasons. And after a quiet week off the pitch, when we finally got on the pitch. Against Forest Green Rovers, conceding three goals in the first half gave us too big a mountain to climb. But we gave it a good go in the second half and if Josh Coulson's 88th minute shot goes in, we're talking about a different result and a completely different outlook on the game. Yep, so now the O's have a week off and Ross gets time to work with
1: the team to get them ready for the busy, festive upcoming period, which is fast approaching as the games will start coming thick and fast. There's no doubt injuries and suspensions start to pile up so we'll be back with episode 201 in two weeks time so no podcast next week we're taking the week off after this mammoth beast uh so no game next saturday so we'll be back with all the views you could ever need in two weeks as normal if you're listening on itunes please subscribe give the podcast a review if you're listening on soundcloud spotify tune in on stitcher add us to your favorites and that way you'll have all the podcasts
2: available as
1: soon as they're uploaded
2: yeah, that is absolutely true. Um, we're also on all smart speakers, so listening to the podcast got even easier. If you've got an older relative or loved one or an Orient chum who you think would like to listen to what Martin and Elliot have had to say tonight, pass the pod on to them. We've got a few mugs um, left, um, which actually I can dispatch to you guys as well. So we've got a few left, so let us know if you want Christmases coming up. They make great stocking fillers. And our thanks goes to Martin for coming in and giving up your entire Sunday evening. We really appreciate that. Yeah, and haven't. Elliot as well. Thank you for yeah, it, guys, trekking please. all the way over here um, on, the, on public transport. We appreciate that. Um, so again, thank you. Yeah, thank a real you, Steve. insightful podcast. Well done, Mr Levy. Well Two done, done to you. Down. <laughs> Here's
1: to the next 200. So we'll play out. Even though we lost, we don't know really play out with status quo. I think it's apt that we play out with status quo this week. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm. Thank you to Martin. Thanks, Elliot. Have a great fall night, everyone, and keep listening to the Orient Outlook
2: podcast. Up the O's. Sorry, we wouldn't normally do this, but we haven't thanked everybody who stayed with us since episode one. So if you've stayed with us since episode one, if you're a new listener to us, thank you for listening, because without people listening to it, there wouldn't be any point in us doing this. So... Thank you to everyone, unconventional break, but here we go.